What's the, the most relatable, intrusive thought that Justin Tucker has as he's about to drill a 60 yarder? <laughs> well, no, it'll be like a song that pops into my head, like out of nowhere. It'll be like, you know, wham, wake me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, why? Why? Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Cowboy Thanks for joining the Friday Shit Show. We coined a new term here with the four fellas. Chris Long, Kyle Long, Kevin Badback, Backy in, making Gunner. We're all hanging out here on this wonderful Friday. We appreciate you tagging in. Yes, you read the title of the show right. We have Justin Tucker, Baltimore Ravens kicker, on the episode today. He's going to talk the intricacies of kicking in the NFL. He's going to talk his favorite kicks in the NFL history, how he focuses, does icing even matter, a whole lot. We have a good interview with him. And then we get into our NFL previews. We go through each game of the Week 16 slate. There are no buys, so it is a jam-packed, fun-filled episode. It's a long one, but we have a good time. The first thing you're going to hear is our Thursday night time machine. As usual, Chris and Macon predict the scores of the Thursday night game. You know what happened. They picked these scores prior to the game happening. So you hear that after our lovely Call Me the Breeze by J.J. Kale. And then we'll get a great first 15 from all the fellas. A couple sports topics from around the world. We talk about that. Y'all enjoy. They Thursday night time machine. Yeah. Yeah. You Let's, can say your score because I've texted my You have? Yeah, I'm locked okay, in. Okay, I'm gonna go. Well you I would like to add that Josh Jacobs is out tonight. I don't know if you knew that before you doesn't matter. Doesn't I didn't matter. know that. Okay. And I'm going to go I'm going to I'm gonna take a field goal off my Raiders. Whoa, what the fuck? I, I just told you two and you haven't said I already anything. knew that. He's supposed you, to keep up with the news. I knew it thirty minutes ago. But he did send it in like six hours ago. Your call. Your call. I think it Thursday night's a shit show, no matter what. Like, who knows what happens? It's 10-8 right now. Chris's favor. I, uh, oh, it's close. Oh, man. I'm just giving him a game. Um, hold on. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a field goal off the Raiders. Okay. 20-13 Raiders. Wow. Okay. 21-12 Raiders for making Seven. I just need the Raiders to to cover and yeah, yeah, yeah. and not blow them out yeah. without Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Okay. Twenty-one, twelve. Two sacks. Yeah, eight is back. a push. Seven and lower, you win. Twenty thirteen. Let's go Easton Stick. Formerly known as the Freak Show, I'm going to call this the Shit Show. Look how shitty my collar is. <laughs> hey, go around the room for people uh, that 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 are listening. You confused by the voices? Mm-hmm. Macon, thirty-seven. Six foot three and a half. Six foot four, one eighty five. Married. Astral sign with children. Yeah, what is your sign? I'm a cancer. <laughs> That's what we say in our okay. team meeting. Okay. Bad back backy. Bad back backy. You don't have to do the making spiel. No, I would do it. Yeah, forty four. 
Uh, a young 44. 5'11", 6'1", on the roster. Yeah. Um, a solid 2'10". Yeah. Married. <laughs> so what you look like to me, Bad Back Backy, you look like one of those longshoremen from the 1930s. For those of you at home, he's wearing one of those, uh, what would you call his hat? Chris? I would call that a beret. It's like a derby cap. Is it a derby? It's, it's, it's like a Peaky Blinders hat. Let's have some but he doesn't look like a gangster from the 30s. You look like a hard-working hard guy. You say you're 40, you don't look a day over 22 from the 1930s. Union. You know, I'll go Union. Either. Yeah. Is this houndstooth or herringbone? Uh, what, his? That would be a herringbone. Herringbone. Yeah. Kyle, just say your name. Yeah, it's me. Okay, and this is Chris, the host of the show. <laughs> uh, co-host. Co-host of the show. <laughs> it's yeah. my favorite story ever. We're in a big fight in the back of the car uh, on the way home from Dirty Nellie's and Stanford Steve's, our, our, uh, our, our designated driver. Stop. He knows how to push my buttons. Uh, and he, he, uh, we're arguing about the show. And at the end of the ride, we parked the car and I'm getting out of my house. And he goes, and one more thing. <laughs> in his wrong voice. Stop. He goes, I want my name on the show. <laughs> Me too. He said, I want my name on the show. <laughs> and I got out of the car and slammed the door. Stop. <laughs> what if it was like one of those you minivan it, doors dude. you can't no, slam? He did mean it. That. That's what I'm saying. He meant it. He absolutely I meant to meant get it. him to slam the door. No, you, <laughs> meant, you wanted your name on the show. Yeah, no, he no, does. No. Yeah, Green Light Podcast with Chris Long, Bad Back Backy, Kyle Long, and Macon Gunn. Chris Long and friends. And sometimes four other people. This is the shit show. Chris okay? and some other dudes. We got previews coming up. There's a lot of great games this weekend. I mean, like, I'm excited about this weekend. This slate is moderately exciting, at the very least. I mean, we got some big, big games. But I want to talk about, I want to talk about some NBA in my first 15, guys. Uh, Call me the right. point god. <laughs> Right. Here's what we got. You're a game manager. That's... Here's we. Can we talk about that before we get the first? Can we talk about the, the game manager thing before we get in the first fifteen? I have a cramp. Can okay. somebody manage that part of the game? Let's go scale of one to ten. How much do you agree with Cam Newton on a scale of one to ten? Everybody at the same time. It's going to depend on what he said. What he said, it you didn't hear it. No, for the audience. Just, okay, you know. the people, the people at home. Cam Newton labels Dak Prescott Tui, 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 Brock Purdy and Jared Goff as game managers. Okay, on three. One, well, two. And, and the exercise is how much we agree or disagree. Ten, Ten would be, Cam, you're, you're spitting. Okay. Okay, on three. One, two, three. Five. Three. Now what? No, a, five, five. I heard right, a seven. Five. I heard a three, but it's quite literally five. It's in five this situation. because two of these guys aren't. Yeah. Two of these guys <laughs> yes. are. Is that it? Yes. Right? That's why I'm going five. And also, I just want to frame this conversation as a football player. I know as fans, this and I'll say six because he's an MVP winner, and he can say whatever the fuck he wants, yeah. right? And that's the and he's like, as big as I am. That, exactly, dude. That's I'm the sure. resounding reaction to this is like, even if you disagree with him, you have people that are so hurt by this, they're being like, "You couldn't play for any of these teams." I'm like, "Yeah, the guy's 35 years old. He's 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 not a NFL player anymore." But if you watch Cam Newton played against Cam Newton in his prime, you can't tell me that prime Cam Newton wasn't better than all these guys in their prime. And, I, and I'm, I'm calling Dak Prescott the MVP this year, but he's got to win one. Cam won one, and he won one with a bunch of guys that, I would say he, was, frankly, he was Cam was more prolific. Cam could do things that nobody else could do, uh, which, which the there was no system out. for Cam Newton. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and making he was the anti he was the anti system he was the system. So I don't think he him putting a label on these guys as system quarterbacks game managers. Uh, 
I don't think it's I, I don't necessarily think it's fair, which is why I say it's a five. Uh, I truly believe that some some of these guys are playing above and beyond game manager, uh, quote unquote. But you know, you look at Tua and the weapons around him and the offense installed with Mike McDaniel. You look at Brock Purdy and the weapons around him in San Francisco. I mean, you can make arguments for both those guys. You look at Jared Goff in Detroit, an offense that is predicated on doing some badass stuff up front, and they have those guys. They're afforded those luxuries. When, but, but, I, but the DAC one, I don't understand. Okay, I, I, and honestly, I don't, I don't think here, – here's how I'll contextualize this. As an NFL player, when we hear game manager, you know the reality of the way offenses run in today's NFL. Uh, we know the reality of the fact that there's four to six guys at any given time in the league who are not game managers in that their, their floor is high enough that no matter where they go, it's the reason I put C.J. Stroud in that, on, on that list, unless he's playing the Jets in the, the Jets rain, Zach with Wilson. nobody out there. Like, nobody. You know, you look at Miami, you're like, well, Cheetah's down for two quarters. Well, they still got fucking Jalen Waddell, uh, you know, one of the best rushing attacks in the league. Even with those, those, those offensive linemen down, they can still run the ball. Yep. Uh, they have Cedric Wilson. They have, they have some good players. Durham Smythe. Durham Smythe, who was open at the sticks on fourth and two. But the point I'm making is... I think there's four to six guys that don't exist on that spectrum, and then everybody else is on the game management spectrum in the NFL, period. And it's not a bad it's, thing. It's not a bad thing. Managing an NFL game is really fucking hard if you haven't noticed. You know? They're not growing on trees. There's only a, a handful of guys, like less than a handful of guys like Peyton Manning, who can truly go in and be like, uh, head coach, take a seat. OC, take a seat. I've got this. I'll install the meetings, run practice, run the show, pre-snap and post. There's only a handful of those guys. But I think the number one thing that de defines a game manager is, and this is the thing I've harped on with the Dolphins, is if you're a game manager and, and you're off the script or the play extends or you have to move off the spot, uh, you're not going to be making plays, which is why I look at like Tua as a high-end game manager. Like I look at Brock Purdy as the highest-end game and And I think Brock Purdy is the top – seven quarterback yeah like you know i don't know where you put him i some people are gonna say he's the mvp for me it works against him that jimmy garoppolo had success in san francisco they were a throwaway in the super bowl like he's got to get to that super bowl before i say like he you know like i know he's the best quarterback that shanahan's had i see it with my eyes but you know i do fairly or unfairly kind of hold that against him a little bit i'm just being honest but the reason i don't think brock purdy if he is a game manager at all is very far down that spectrum to the right is because he can make fucking plays off schedule and he's a, he's got a little of that that artistry in him and in five years i might say nah he he is the system he's not a game manager um again not derogatory when you're on that end of the spectrum and then there's guys like zach wilson who aren't game managers and they aren't in that group right i don't know where to put trevor lawrence you know yeah. but the guys that i would say any weather you know, Joe Burrow, and by any weather, I mean whatever situation, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. I'd put Jalen Hurts, like, on the tail end of that group, especially the way he's playing right now. Um, but in general, I think most quarterbacks are on He's in the game tail game end of that group? Spectrum. I think he's in the tail end or he's like of, of that four to six quarterbacks coming that can play that, anywhere. on their way. That can play any that, – that, like, you know, I don't think Jalen Hurts' success is totally predicated on having a great system. Okay. I think you fit into multiple systems. Fair. You know, and a system quarterback to me is not – and a game manager, you know, you have to have something tailored to them to, to have them succeed. There are things in Philly that they tailored to Jalen Hurts. They don't use pre-snap motion. That's not 
they're the only good offense in the NFL that doesn't motion pre-snap. So that could be something that they tailor to him. But in general, I do think there's two groups of quarterbacks, guys that can go anywhere and, and have some success, and there's guys that are game managers. And I do think Purdy is, is closer to one of those guys than a game manager. And I think, uh, no question, Dak Prescott with the place he makes off schedule. Um, yes, there is a good system there. There's good players, but he's got that artistry in him. And Goff and Tua, I do think, are game managers. But I'm not, that's not a slur, dude. Well, we rebranded the sprained ankle a couple weeks ago after Trevor Lawrence acted like he had been shot and then came back the next week. The game manager term needs a rebrand. I propose game executive. Game executive. An executive is a person with senior managerial responsibility in an organization who has power to put plans, actions, or laws into effect. Game executive. And I'm a business owner, and I know as well as anybody that people oftentimes want their titles updated. Indeed. You know what I'm saying? That's and they're doing the same placement. They're doing the same thing, mm-hmm. but they want on their resume that title. Speaking of, could I be vice president here? Sure. Thank you. With the two groups we're talking about, the way starting QBs are talked about inside buildings is you have your quarterbacks you win because of, and your quarterbacks you can win with. Mm. And that's probably more that that spectrum of game managers. It is kind of wide. It depends upon the system. It depends upon the talent around you. Yeah. But maybe that's a better way to put it. It's like, hey, these are guys like you that. can win with, depending upon the situation they're in. And I don't know what Brock Purdy would look like in another situation. Right. And it, yeah, I've I mean, seen two in other situations. The delta between two with a perfect situation and an imperfect situation is just so large to me. Yeah. And the same thing for Jared Goff. We've talked about that. And, CJ and for Brock, I mean, he's been so damn good, so I don't want to hold this stuff against him. But the reality is I saw a graphic this week that was like, this was Jimmy's stats uh, a couple years ago, and this was Brock's stats. Brock's better. No questions asked. But that system is going to elevate you, and you have to give that system some credit. Um, And you know what? I hope we never have to find out if Brock Purdy is one of those guys you have to win with and not um, what was the way you put it? Because of. Because of. Like, I hope we never have to – I I hope for the Niners they don't have to win because of him, and he's been in those spots where a couple guys were down and it was harder. And you see, you look more human. And that's true with any quarterback. C.J. Stroud last week I put – but I would put – a couple of those guys in that category, and the rest of them are on this spectrum. We'll, we'll fill out the spectrum at some point. And it's funny because, like, the last time I remember, I mean, we've, we've been impressed with Jared Goff in Detroit at times, and there, there's been at times where you go, gosh, okay, he is who I thought he was. But then I remember the shootout with the Rams and the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. It was like 56 to 51. Yeah. Jared Goff ended up winning, and we were all like, hold on a second. So, I mean, the stretches between the success there and also the two situations that he's been in are good ones. Good ones. I with talk, two different identities. I talked about this the other day when you're talking about Tua and where, like, his Dolphins fans will say, hey, this offense is doing things we've never seen before. And, like, in some ways, very specifically, they are in, in the ways they're doing it. Um, also, they're not the first team to use motion, but when you have Cheetah running across the formation, it's a fucking different deal. Um, and the Canadian speed that rules they have, football. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. Mike's a great coach. But the way I put this is when you're talking about um, you know 4,500 yard passers, because that's where I think too he's going to have his career best year statistically from a passing volume standpoint. He's probably going to end up at 4,500 yards. He, he is far from the first person to do that. I've seen Kirk Cousins do it twice. He did it in Washington, for, for, for goodness sake. Uh, I saw Jared Goff do it twice. Oh, was the you like that era? What, what do you mean? You like that! Yeah, the you like that era. And then Trent Green in 2004 with the Chiefs. So all I'm saying is 
you know, raw numbers don't tell me everything. And like, you know, if you want to talk about raw numbers, the 2018 Rams offense is one of the best offenses in the history of the game when you looked at the raw numbers. But when they got to the bowl and somebody took that run game away, it looked real scary out there for Jared. So the point I'm making is the delta between when it's perfect and imperfect kind of tells me, are you a game manager? Are you a guy that's part of a system? Or are you the reason that team's winning? And anyways, I win I think with or win well, because. Hey, back, back to back to Cam though. So is Cam saying that this is this is a bad label to have? Now I don't. I think that's implied by okay. Cam. But I, where I might differ is on like two of the guys that he mentioned, and then also like the implication of being called a game manager. Because I I, I think it's still very hard to be a game manager in the NFL as a, as a pass <laughs> rusher. Um, you know, if you were drawn parallels between like game managers. And, you know, like in elite quarterbacks, like I was more of a game manager. Like, like you know, I was – so I'm not saying – you know, there are guys that are, are going to thrive anywhere. Um, but you have to have the right situation around you. you know? I, 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 but I also think that all the great ones would say, hey, at times I'm a game manager to be labeled one or yeah. the other. Like I, I feel like that's part of the arsenal – that these guys want. Like, I am a game manager I can when it's manage needed. Game. Dude, like, on if a play-to-play -play basis, what's exactly. asked of the quarterback is to go through the progressions, find a way to get the offense down the field with mitigated risk. And the guys who are great can do a, a great job of that. They can do both. And they can do both. They'd they say, they'd well, rather also do that. Josh Allen needs to be more open, of a game but, manager. But why exactly. is going to be open in two seconds, exactly. 30 yards saying? down the field? Because there is another category, quarterbacks we win because of and quarterbacks <clears> we lose because, because of. of. Like the Jameis's of the world. Yeah, James, I mean, Jameis, Jameis was on that list. Jameis threw for a billion yards mm -hmm. a couple years ago. <laughs> he did 5,000? But a billion picks. Yeah. You know, and that offense was prolific, but... Was it 5K? It hit 5,000 yards. Jeez. If you sat down with, with Peyton or Brady, those guys would say, I take pride in being a game manager because if I have to make the plays, we're doing something else wrong. Yeah. Like, I, I, let's just go through the progression. Let's stay on let's, schedule. Let's stay on schedule. Let's do the right things, make the right calls at the, at the line. When Cam was listing these guys as game managers, he specifically stated... They're not difference makers. Well, okay, and, and that's where I. So now we we're talking about a couple. Different because things. anytime you have a quarterback that's in crazy. the NFL, well, they are making a difference. But the, I guess I, I would say, like, if you replace Tua or you replace Jared in those offenses, how many guys are going to have similar um, success? And I think the the answer is is there's a few. You know, and, and if I can say that, you put you put Tua on the Buffalo Bills this year. Uh, with that offense, the way they were running it before Joe Brady, or even after Joe Brady, it's just not going to be the same. Look at those plays that Josh Allen had to make. I oh. was on Inside the NFL the other day, and and I, I mentioned this to, to Macon and Steve the other day, but we're doing highlights, and we're watching Kansas City and Buffalo, and then we go to the Monday night game with the Dolphins. And I get it. They have four offensive linemen down and that sort of thing. You know who else has played most of the season with four offensive linemen down, and he doesn't have the guys outside? Rookie C.J. Stroud. So the point is, like, guys can overcome mm -hmm. these issues up front, but going from one highlight to the next, it was so glaring to me, watching the throws that Josh makes off schedule, why it is – that somebody would take Josh Allen over to a tongue of Iloa. You know, like it, it sounds crazy when you look at the raw stats sometimes, but when you watch the tape, that third and eight or whatever it was where it's him on the sideline and four Chiefs, a game manager is not making that fucking play. You put Drake May on the Dolphins, they beat the Titans Monday night. You put Tua on the North Carolina Tar Heels, they're still going to the Duke's Mayo Bowl. <laughs> Smell what I'm stepping uh, yeah, in there? Yeah, uh-huh. It's true. Wahoo-wah. Okay. 
So, we, I mean, I, we just had to talk about the Cam Newton thing. We That's beat a big them. story this week. We did. And I say we loosely. Yeah. Kyle used to come to the practices. I'm doing <laughs> Yeah. So, first, uh, first 15 this, this week for me um, is going to be that, that fight, whatever you want to call it. I, I said, Kyle, go watch the fight uh, in the, the Bucks Pacers game. And he watched and he's like, I didn't see a fight. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. It was but a kerfuffle. A lot of people were holding people back, the whole thing. Kerfuffle. But the, here's the deal. When I was growing up, uh, and a lot of modern-day NBA fans will say, oh, there's still rivalries, and there's still fucking physical matchups in the Eastern Conference and that sort of thing, and you're forgetting about LeBron and the Celtics and all that stuff, but the nostalgia of you know um, these old teams in the 90s, the Pacers, the Heat, the Knicks. I was a Knicks fan. I love a good Eastern Conference uh, Brook, and there was no Donnybrook. I want speaking. my commemorative game ball. Well, here's the funniest hey. thing. Where, hey. do we, where do we start? Because Giannis goes and scores 64 points, okay? And I, I got home last night from our uh, green light dinner, which was a great time. Nate Collins, Dr. Sorry, Fax, ordered. That. It's okay, man. You know, you and Mike will come I'll to the next you, one. Did you get an invitation? I no, I was get an invitation. I, He's doing that sick. thing. Okay. So, anyways... Um, you, you saying you didn't get an inv invitation? I mean, I got a, I got a, like a half invitation. What's that? What's that? How like? is it? What's it's, that like? It's like Kingston, like two days in advance, being like, "Hey, there's this dinner on Wednesday. If you can make it, that's an invitation." That sounds like an invitation. It's like a full book. Right, right, right. um, we need to rebrand invitations for you. <laughs> we gotta uh, get like wax seals. And yeah, we gotta like send a raven. Yeah, dove. Like fuck me, dude. Just turtle come doves. This motherfucker wants okay. turtle. Doves. We had a great dinner. Hey, where the fuck was uh, dinner? We had a. It was, it was a marigold. <laughs> you're right. You're new to the family. You should have gotten a fucking invite. Hey, back back, you, back you know what? You and me both. Retroactively used. Yeah, that's a good meal. We're doing all right here, huh? So, anyways, holy shit. We are doing good. Um, profitable organization. <laughs> but but uh, they Nate, really are. Nate, and every time I go out to dinner with Dr. Fax, this guy orders a tomahawk steak. <laughs> Wherever he is, even like, if, even if it's on not the on the menu, I think they bring him out a tomahawk steak. <gasps> the lady was like, it's for two. And he's like, yeah, I got you. Because his move is to take the tomahawk steak home. But So he finishes half of it, and we think he's going to do his normal deal, which is take that, that big bone back to his lair. And gnawing it all night. Uh, and we get in the group text at, at 10 o'clock. The lady didn't send the bone home with me. Uh, I feel cheated. So Nate, Dr. Fax, didn't get the bone in the tomahawk to go. Uh, you know, we always, I'm always reminded going out to dinner that, that Kingston has a garlic allergy, so that's a whole thing. That is. Um, he's fucked when the as, vampires come. It was as a good Nate time. left the restaurant, did it not occur to him that he didn't have the steak in hand? Well, he had a to-go box. I guess he didn't look. Got it. You know? Empty box. What's he going to uh, do no, with the, the bone anyway? box with the meat, but not the bone. What do we do with the bone? Do with the bone. Oh, yeah, he you. likes to have the bone. Got you. You know? I don't know what the deal is. But <laughs> anyways, with I get him. They went back there and removed the bone? Yeah, I know. Yeah. They deboned it. They deboned it. Touch the so so I get home and uh and and, and and I'm I'm watching this this scuffle. I'm watching this I forgot up. where we were going with this. Yeah. But so I get home and I'm watching this scuffle. And uh, I'm like, man, they must have done some really fucked up to Giannis. Like, I thought this was like, uh, a, a, like some emotional anniversary for him, you know. The, I, and then I found out he actually broke the Bucks record, single game scoring record, 64 points. Like, great night for him. And I'm like, man, he really wants this game ball. The way he was, I mean, don't make Giannis mad 
that that actually was kind of scary. You could like watching his big ass finger yeah. in uh, Halliburton's face yep. at the end of that game. The way he he you know if you really want to if you're really about that action, you'll take any any entrance into the tunnel. And he was like going into multiple entrances to the tunnel. The whole thing. The Bucks guy. His job is to hold people back. He's working overtime. He's holding Bobby Jeez. Portis back. Bobby Portis is salivating. Like, there's spit coming out of his mouth. He's so mad. And from what I understand, you don't fuck with Bobby Portis. He's one of my favorite players. So um, the Here other Greek, the, the Greek guy for the Pacers is dead meat. So as the smoke clears, you're like, this is a bad look for Giannis. Like, we were talking about Patrick Mahomes the other day. Like, oh. he's going to jail. Giannis is sprinting down the hallway. Um, now, obviously, there's a history there. There's some Pacers talking shit about the Bucks and this this tournament. It had kind of mounted, and then it's like the Jerry Springer backstage cam earlier in the game, I guess somebody from the the Pacers had 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 hip tossed Giannis. It was the other Greek guy, wasn't it? I don't even know how to say his name. The Pacers dude. Um, but the bottom line is, it's like a melee. It's it's a melee without the fight. And uh, and at the end of the game, you're like. Is Giannis wrong or right? He really wants his game ball. The Pacers took it. You know, he deserves a game so ball. So they just took it. They yeah. took oh. it. And, and this is the mm. funniest thing about it. After the game, the, there was a, you know, the report. This from, is in Milwaukee. Yeah. The report from the Pacers was that they had taken the ball because Oscar Shibway, a rookie, had scored his first points in an NBA game. And accurate. they wanted to give him that ball. Accurate. I, 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 I don't think that's accurate. Well, you see a Bucks staffer with the ball, and yeah. then a Pacer staffer says, hey, can I get the ball? And he just hands it to him. I can see that the Pacer staffer was told, hey, Oscar scored his first points, nabbed that ball. I don't think it was Giannis just set a franchise single-game record, let's take it from him. But then when you get to the back, it's probably like, hey, we got to fork over the ball. I just think with, the, with everything that was going on in the game, it's hard for me to believe they weren't fucking with Giannis a little bit. Well, and apparently Giannis was scoring a lot late. And he was scoring late, and they didn't like it. They were all on the bench. He was stat padding. I can fix this. Yeah. Giannis, That's great. Giannis shot 32 free throws last night. Let's give him the referee's whistle. The referee's whistle. To commemorate this yeah. franchise record. Give the game ball to Oscar. First points, first point, actually. He scored yeah. one. There may not be many more coming yeah. for OT. Mm -hmm. And Giannis can have a whistle. The funniest fucking thing about this whole thing is even after that bullshit story, or I think it's a bullshit story, uh, the Bucks, their story today was that, um, and I read this quote and I had to read it three times. This is Giannis. He's like, we're talking about a guy who just skipped Kyle Korver in the all-time list for three-pointers. <laughs> Stop and appreciate greatness. And he, of course, is talking, well, not of course, because I had no idea. He's talking about Damian Lillard. Nobody knew that. We're, I mean, like, we're, the, everybody's focusing on Giannis dropping 64. Kyle Giannis Corver's is like, record is in jeopardy. I was running back there to stand up for Damian Lillard, who didn't give a shit, who was standing on the court laughing with the Indian Pacers coach and Chris Middleton. I think it's hilarious the way people are trying to cover their tracks, whether it was the Pacers and stealing that ball to fuck I with Giannis, that. or crazy. Giannis saying that actually I was coming to the defense of my teammate Damian Lillard, yeah. who just broke who was chilling, who just passed Kyle Korver for fuck's sakes, yeah, to like fifth. That guy made a lot of threes. Well, either way, I just want to give a, a St. Louis Memorial Award out to Jay Crowder, who's one of my favorite players in the NBA. The guy's six foot nine, two hundred and thirty-six pounds, according to the program. I think he's at least two forty. He's holding back a six foot seven man whose brother is in peril out on the court. Kyle, would you be able to be held back by Jay Crowder? I don't know. Two thirty. If, if I got hip tossed. No. 20, 
two thirty, the Hall of Famer D end would come out. Yeah. So basically, you've got you've got you're you're swimming and ripping and the whole thing, but but Jay Crowder in some yellow pants and a perfect fit, uh, you know, perfect cool ass sunglasses, totally undisturbed, holding back Giannis's brother who's trying to get out to him on the court. I think the strength on this guy is incredible, and I also want to say like I wish I could get Jay Crowder. I actually made a little list. I forgot it at home of people that I'd like to see Jay Crowder holding back in sports history, starting with Patrick Mahomes the other day. That would have been hilarious. Pedro Martinez Don going, Zimmer, going for Don Zimmer. Don Zim no, I want him holding back Don Zimmer. I want him holding back Just Pedro. like I want him holding back Mason Rudolph. You know? God, like, you don't want one. these problems. What's the gal that stabbed the gal that had somebody stabbed in figure skating? You're talking about oh, yeah, uh, Tanya uh, Harding. Tanya, Har Tanya, Tanya Harding. Yeah. Yeah, you, you should really watch that movie. It wasn't a Monica stabbing. Sellis, not Sellis. <laughs> she, it was Monica a clubbing. Yeah. She was, you, might want, you might want to watch. I, Tanya, is a pretty good movie. Somebody got Same stabbed. Here. So anyways, I, I think that would have stopped. I'm hoping the Eastern Conference is back, and I'm just praying we see these two teams in the playoffs because this is the type of stuff that's good for the NBA. People say bad for the NBA. I say good for the NBA. And I'm consistent with this stuff. People said the other day, Mahomes for jail. Mm-mm. Oh, fuck. I don't care about outbursts, and I don't care about this. I love this stuff. This is not Giannis's first run-in with a ball. You may remember last year he had a bad game, went back out on the court in Philly Montre to get up some shots. Montrez Harrell said, nah, I'm shooting mm -hmm. here. You can't shoot here. Took the ball. Giannis went back to the locker room to get another ball. When he comes back out, guy's got a ladder up to adjust the shot clock and the rim and all this stuff. Giannis pushes over the ladder. No way, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah, Giannis. And we're talking about Mahomes this week? No. Anyways. Chill, Giannis. And Giannis is like, I'm going to win in, in Milwaukee. So people are like, we love him. But he's yeah. like, fuck that ladder, dude. You got a first okay. 15 making? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to do a quick shout out to the best sport we have, which is college basketball. Uh, college football and the NFL are two great products, okay? But college basketball is where you have Northwestern getting Purdue a week ago becoming ranked number 25 in the country, and then they get nipped by Chicago State last night. Chico State. Chicago State doesn't even make any sense. Place is a city. Calling it a state. <laughs> but congrats to Coach. Cleveland State. Chicago State. Yeah, but there's another one, Cleveland State. They're Good, yeah. Norfolk State. Yeah. Jacksonville yeah, State. Congrats to uh, Coach Titus. That does make no sense. Chicago State Stadium, I bet you a whole, I wouldn't even call it a stadium, a gym. Maybe holds a thousand people. Number eight Creighton got smoked by sub five hundred UNLV, and Louisville got rolled at home by Arkansas State for its first Power Five win since twenty fourteen. Now a friend gave me out gave out uh, to me Arkansas State plus three and a half last night. This uh, friend also gave me an over. Uh, he gave me an over the night before. This guy goes four and zero, which brings me to gambling money on sports now you may remember i Who's said friend it's you thank you yeah you're the guy you're <laughs> are you are you a no i didn't get it now i want to be clear these aren't my plays i want to shout out tommy budicon i just don't want everybody in your life being like hey can i get those no no no. This, comes, this is from my boy tommy budicon up I in philly kiss tommy budicon i know right now. he's a fucking that's my paisan yeah and he sends me these plays i think he's got a i was gonna ask is budicon a paisan no but we were eating dinner at budicon the other night and i was like man you need a nickname and sounds uh, like a mulan said, how about tommy budicon his name's not even tommy paisan yeah so anyways i just you know i was trying to <laughs> I, I just want to give tommy some credit and, and uh, now i want to give it right back thank to you. you i appreciate it but you may remember in this room i offered uh 550 to anybody who would give me 500 you know i'll give you 550 the next day if you give me 500 today so 
uh, Kingston took me up on it, sent me 500 bucks via Cash App right away. Jeez. And um, at about 7.44, in this room. about 7.44 the next morning, I said, oh, do we, oh, you have it queued up? On Tuesday, Macon had an incredible offer. He said if you gave him $500 that night, he would send you 550 back the next day, which I did, and he did. I can't say enough about my business dealings with Macon. <laughs> Extremely satisfied. Hmm. All right, so Kington's a little under the weather. I had hoped he had been here to to give his testimonial in person, but we got it right there. How did he get sick? Glazing those balls of yours? <laughs> I sent it to him about <laughs> That's funny. I sent I sent him five fifty about quarter eight in the morning, okay? He wrote a Yelp review too. By by nine in the morning, I had zeroed out the account uh, on account of live tennis matches. Now it's Dude, now we it, talked about this. Listen. What are you doing? I can't I it's specific set scores, specific game scores. Like I'm betting on somebody to win a game. 40-15 before the Macon, game even starts. Macon, who I bets, don't know where they're who bets playing. on tennis? Dildos. Thank so you. I'm doing some sicko stuff, right? So what I do, I had zeroed it out. I'd already paid Kingston. You know, I was going to pay him anyway. You know, it's kind of kind of guy I am. I immediately deposit 500 American dollars back into the account, and I pick out a guy called uh, Christoph Negritu. I liked the cut of his jib. Mm-hmm. He's a tennis player. He was going against Alexander Kozbinov. And my guy ends up winning the match six three five seven six two. All right, so all of a sudden there's eight hundred and twelve dollars fifty cents in the account. But I had decided, had I lost that bet, that would that would be curtains for the gambling money on sports. And I've decided that I won't deposit another dollar. Now I can do the same setup with any of y'all if you like, where you send me five hundred dollars, I'll send you five hundred fifty dollars next day. If anybody wants to take me out, in exchange for the money that I owe you. What would be the entry level price for this business transaction to negate my previous debts with you? We cannot negate that one. I do need to see that three hundred dollars, which, by the way, happened in like October. Yeah, I think the Browns won that game, mm-hmm. and I do that have. Was a while ago. Yeah. I've got a cash. The out. juice on that. Yeah, it was probably, we're looking at. <laughs> I'm waiting to see how big, I'm waiting well. to see how big his pies are. Oh, how are you gonna? How, how you? Let me ask you this. So when there was eight twelve in the account. I took out 500 hey. to be responsible, and now I've been messing around with the remaining 312. Well, Tommy Batacanu and my guy Chris <laughs> they comes get, through with some overs, some Arkansas states. We're in the money, yeah, and it's fun. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun See, when you're winning. Stop with it the is tennis. it is fun. Stop we had this tennis. conversation the other day. You and I both. I mean, like me being down big, I had to zero out. You know, sometimes. When you zero out, you, you get better all of a sudden because you're not staring at that number. I, I zeroed out, and I realized that uh, it's the teasers that are killing me. Mm. And I'm quitting the teasers. As good as they were earlier in the season, they've come back to bite me. But for, for Macon, your teasers are tennis Live tennis. Plays. Live tennis. And I feel like if we were in a meeting, like it doesn't help me. Like if the, if the other guy who's trying to kick his addiction can't kick his addiction, we got to do this together. So please stop with the tennis because I'm we're we're supposed to be in this together. Yeah, can I do my first fifteen? Shouts yeah. out to Christoph. I think too. that sports gambling has led America to not really love sports anymore. We're not focused on all, the sports. Nobody's all, I just think they're into the money. Anymore. I just think nobody's people, getting married. I just think nobody's that people want the the endorphins. You know, they want to get their serotonin levels up. And dopamine. I think it's, uh, dopamine. Dopamine. Yeah, that's what they want. Yeah. They just want to gamble. They don't watch the game. They just well, it's fucking the same thing with stare fantasy. at their players. Anybody else got first 15? I got one. <laughs> hey. He's got a newspaper. 
Yeah. Cool. <laughs> He's a paper right. boy. Guy's got a newsboy hat and a newspaper. To my friends and family, I'm kidding about the gambling stuff. I'm not, I'm yeah. not gambling money on sports. Who would gamble on joke. tennis? That's a joke. You don't love it anyway. Jokey yeah. jokes. A lot of jokes <laughs> over here. All right. Here's the thing. I feel terrible for Tommy D. And everyone said, what? Why Tommy we? DeVito. Yeah. Oh, Tommy D. Everyone. <laughs> He's Tommy the guy, DeVito. The guy owed the Giants money after this past game. He bought half of New Jersey tickets. Oh, yeah. Everyone else got a deposit. They took money out of his account. I wonder, is that true? I, I, I would think. Yeah, the money does he come has out of like, your account. I would think. And so, then, he, then, he, then he's got an agent on the sidelines with a flip phone, okay, talking to probably like a, a waterbed company, mm-hmm. trying to get him a trying deal. Trying to get a deal. You know? Or calling in to the book. His dad it, took out a, ad it, space on WFAN this week for his plumbing company. No way. Yes, and the, the tagline on it when they said, people ask me all the time, do you really have the best plumbers? And he said, what did he say? Uh, I didn't see uh, What's the Italian tagline? He's like, uh, forget, forget about it. Forget about it. it. Uh-huh. That was yeah. the People ask this me all the time. This is DeVito plumbing. He'd Are, make more time. He'd make more money being a plumber. Swear to God, this is real. Being a quarterback right now. Poor well, guy. Tommy DeVito definitely racked up a bill the other Charge night. him, Tommy. Here's the other thing. You don't think his mom is coming up to him and saying, hey, we got to get uh, cousin Susie or whoever else yeah. to take it. Everyone's getting Especially when you're paying his rent. Everybody. Like, he's got Everybody. to. And, and another and his brother made 800 chicken cutlets. Wait until he misses an OTA for... Uh, for uh, his sister Gina's uh, uh, baby shower, yeah. uh, his mom's telling him, "You got to go to the baby shower." His baby you can't miss practice. You baby not even a real big, practice. Baby showers are a big deal in Italian. Oh, family. the communions, the the the. It's not even a real practice, Thomas. You don't miss that stuff. Whatever you're looking forward to this football season, there's one thing that pairs well with every great moment, and that is an ice cold Miller Light. Whether you're at the stadium playing fantasy football, or watching the game at home, or at the bar, Miller Lite is here to make your football season taste like Miller time. From kickoff to the clock runs out, you can't go wrong with the Miller Lite in your hand. It's the only light beer with a taste worthy of our national obsession. Because what's the point of having beer if it doesn't taste like beer? I go to Dirty Nelly's every weekend. Sometimes I'm prepping for the show at the bar on Saturday night watching a little college football, getting ready to lay out our Miller Lite moments. Uh, I like to have a nice cold Miller Lite right next to me. And the folks at Dirty Nellies, they know when I get there to have my ice cold Miller Lite. It's got only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12 ounce serving with a smooth taste and a crisp, clean finish. You get the taste you crave without the calories. So this season, crack open a light beer that hits your taste buds so hard you feel it in your heart. Make it Miller time all season long. Get Miller Lite delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash Greenlight. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12 ounces. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last minute deals all in prices views from your seat and their best price guarantee game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets game time makes it easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area even last minute deals i know because i always wait till the last minute you can preview the views from all your seats in the venue and game time's lowest price guarantee event cancellation protection 
job loss protection protects my tickets. That's what I need. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code GREENLIGHT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code GREENLIGHT. G R E E N L I G H T. That's the code for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And now let's head to Baltimore. Welcome on Justin Tucker from the Baltimore Ravens. I think you might be the first kicker we've ever had on. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's this an honor. A, a fuck, who else was it going to be? Bro? I mean, the greatest of all time. The, the GOAT. Here we got the GOAT. Yeah. So uh, welcome into the show, the great Justin Tucker. And Justin, my first question, I texted you the, the other day, but you didn't take the bait. I was like, were you a little bit relieved that kid ran the ball back into the end zone in the rain? Like, and you didn't have to trot out there and kick a 53-yarder in that weather? (laughs) And, of Uh, course, you did not say you were afraid. You kind of left it open-ended. So the question is, do you ever get relieved you don't have to make a kick? I I think, I don't know, in a way, sure, you know, uh, because, you know, the pressure that is involved, the pressure that you feel when you play this position, it's it's kind of – unique it's unlike it's unlike anything else in sport you know when you're a when you're a quarterback trying to run a two-minute drive you've got you know 10 other guys on the field that are you know and and you've got many plays that you need to execute to get down the field you know you kind of have in a way you kind of have like a couple of chances to get it right um whereas when you're a kicker you know you you're kind of on an island out there um uh, you know sure there's there's a lot that goes into it there's you know eight eight or seven or eight some odd guys blocking there's the long snapper the holder and myself we all have to execute but we only get one shot realistically to to get it right um you know so there is that pressure that comes with it but um you know the guys that are the the best the guys that have uh put together the the greatest moments and the greatest careers they thrive in those moments um and i'd, I'd like to think I'm i'm one of those guys at the exact same time, seeing Tylen high stepping down the sideline, breaking four tackles, um, and I, I can say this because I feel like I've been involved in some pretty epic game-winning moments. That one was my favorite that I've ever, in in some small way, been a part of. I, the, the the fact that we got to witness that, just the energy in the stadium, the uh, the vibe was just absolutely electric. Um, and then when you know Tylen and you, you hear a little bit about his story and, um, you know, what he's battled through, you know, just, just from a football perspective, uh, to see him come through in that moment to see our special teams come through in that moment was incredibly special. So, um, yeah, in a way I was relieved I didn't have to go out there, but more than anything, I was, you know, I was just stoked for, for Tylen and for our special teams and for Chris Horton. Um, our, our special teams coordinator to see that all come together in that moment was very, very cool. Did you end up in the dog pile in the end zone? 
I did. I did. I, I just make sure to keep my feet out of it. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm like, Justin, Justin, you just hang back here, dude. Uh, you... Is is there a recurring nightmare for a kicker or for you specifically? Is it laces in like a Finkel Einhorn? Is it like situation? the movie? Yeah. yeah, is, yeah. It, is that bullshit? Um, you know, I, I that's not really a thought. That's that's not really a thought for for me and for us. And I, I emphasize the us there. You know, that's that's the long snapper's job. Uh, to ensure that he throws the ball with you know the exact number of rotations, to uh, to make to make sure that the holder catches the ball with the laces in his uh, you know in his, like his throwing hand, similar to like a uh, a center putting the ball in the quarterback's hands, whether he's you know, or when he's under center. Um, a lot of times they they put you know the guy will put the ball in the quarterback's hand with the laces right here, so he's ready to throw it. Um, at least that's what I remember from you know high school football you know that that's how that's how it went down there it's a it's a foreign world to me now but the great nick Foles, westlake high school am i right that's right we, that's, yeah. right. that's, that's right and we just breed champions in west at west that's what y'all you know? do man you know drew Brees, nick Foles. you yeah. know the, the list could go on and on yeah. yeah um but uh you know as as far as uh you know experiencing shot and fruit from uh six o'clock laces as we like to call them that's not really a concern of mine. You know, I know Tyler Ott or Nick Moore or Morgan Cox, you know, the, the, the long snappers that I've uh, been blessed to play with have taken their craft incredibly seriously. And they do, they, you know, the, the, the guys that are the best do a great job of uh, sending the ball back with 12 o'clock laces. So it's not a thought for the holder or especially the kicker um, to, you know, l l that's why I've said before, I'm, I'm, a system guy, you know, like I, I do as much as I can to ensure that our unit is executing at the level that I feel like th there's a standard and we have to, we have to be at it or above it. And if we're not, someone's getting their ass fired up and they've got to be okay with it. And then, uh, you know, we fix a problem and move on. Um, all this, all the guys that I've been lucky enough to play with have, have done a great job of taking their, their respective crafts very, very seriously. Uh, so they are able to execute at that high level. You seem like a guy who who does things the same way, uh, and that helps you get where you know you, you've gotten. I mean, like the routine of it. I heard pregame, uh, you go out there forty eight yard from the right hash, the uh, the Vinatieri kick, uh, and I wonder why that kick and not the one in the snow. Which one do you think was harder? Because um, I can't imagine kicking a ball in the snow like that. I don't know if you've had to. I think uh, the yeah the number of snow like legit snowy games that we've played in has been surprisingly low. I say that, and we're probably gonna, now all of a sudden we're going to go to Jacksonville and it'll be a snowstorm rolling rolling in. Um, but uh, kind of I kind of picked out that kick when I was in uh, when I was in high school the forty eight yarder from the right hash because yeah. that to me was um, it was kind of a pivotal and inspiring moment to me as a as a young football player I remembered seeing Vin knock down the 48 yarder in that that first Super Bowl that he you know was responsible for the game-winning play right I remembered seeing that as a as a kid and and thinking to myself like man maybe that could be me one day you know maybe if I work hard enough and I develop you know my talent um enough and you know, I, I trust in the coaching, um, you know, I trust in my teammates, all of those things. If I can, I, you know, maybe one day that could be me. 
And, um, you know, sure enough, I've, uh, you know, fortunately enough, I've been able to uh, play in the league for, for a good amount of time. And, um, you know, I'd like to think I'm just getting started, but I look back at that, that kick that Vinatieri made in that Super Bowl. Um, yeah, sure. The 40, I think it was a 45 yarder in the snow. Um, in that, the, the, the championship game, the AFC championship, um, uh, the tuck rule. That's right. That was, that was probably, that was probably one of the greatest kicks of all time. Um, but, uh, what is, what What is is the greatest kick of all time? I I think it might be that one. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, just looking back, you know, thinking of the ones off the top of my head. I mean, just just recently, Jake Elliott's fifty nine yarder uh, in that in the rain and that crosswind was freaking awesome, man. I te- like I texted him like immediately after I saw it. I was like, "Well, that was one of the most that was incredible. That was one it of was, the most <laughs> I've ever seen." Um, it's insane. That yeah, that one definitely sticks out and. I loved. By the way, I love the sideline reaction shots of yeah. uh, you know, like Jason Kelsey and Jalen Hurts, and they're just like, like, like it was, like it was nothing. That's like, what it's all about, dude. You know, like, like I, we we just talked about that exact thing on this show. Was like, I'm obsessed with that video because it encapsulates the the nails. You know, like guys are just you know, you got you got to have balls to go into overtime. Period in the NFL but they just look like they've been there a thousand times. You guys are kind of the yeah. same way. You have that veteran, like we've been here before group. I mean, it gave me chills watching that whole thing. No doubt. No doubt. And I, I think you're absolutely right, man. I think our, the way our team is built, especially right now, we've got, um, you know, just a bunch of ball players, a bunch of dogs that just know how to like fight through adversity. And, you know, each and every guy at some point we know, we might have the opportunity to just put the team on our back, put the city on our back. Like just like this last weekend, you look at Thailand and um, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, a guy that you could say nobody's ever heard of. And he goes out there and puts the city on his back and he makes the play to win the game. And I love the, I love, you know, I love his, uh, his comments after the game, you know, to the team in the locker room. Um, he was humble. He was grateful. Um, but he, you could tell he also, he, you, without him saying it, you could tell he knew he was prepared for that moment. He was ready to be the guy in the moment. And I think we've got a lot of, a lot of guys on our team that are just like that, which, um, you know, which could set us up for, um, some really special things in our future. Talk to us about icing kickers for you specifically. Does it matter? I've always thought that the best situation is for a coach to have one timeout on the other side because then you don't know if he's taken it or not. If he takes it and they have none remaining, then you can lock in. There's going to be no distractions. Does it affect you when a timeout is taken when you've already lined up a kick? Yeah, I definitely think that's a fair point if the other team has saved that one timeout, um, whether or not they use it kind of don't care but when you know for sure that it's not even going to be a thing um it it is you know it is one less thing to think about um as easy as easy as it is for for guys to say like i'm 100 locked in i'm focused um i don't i don't care about like all of the other distractions you know the crowd noise um 
you know, in Pittsburgh, they just played Renegade for like the fourth time in the game. Like um, everybody's waving their stupid towels around. Um, you, you know, like as as easy as it is for guys to say, like, I just block out all the distractions. Um, you know, we are all still human beings and like it it, 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 it happens. You know, you think about, um, you know, all of them. I'll, I'll have the most random thoughts, you know, uh, at the at the end of a game when I know. Um, I got to go and knock down the game winner, but, um, ultimately the most important things are just the nuts and bolts of what's going to make the kick. So I do my best to focus on those for 1.3 seconds between the snap, the hold and the kick. And then, um, you know, when, when another thought or another idea is starting to kind of creep toward the front of my mind, I just, I, I put it away for, for a moment and then, you know, do my best to execute um, so as far as like calling a timeout, uh, or not calling one icing the kicker, um, I, I, I think it's kind of proven statistically over a, a pretty lengthy period of time that it, there, it doesn't really have an effect on, um, like sp- specifically at this level, it doesn't really have an effect on, on professionals, you know, maybe in high school and college football, um, you know, guys who are kind of on their way to figuring it out, uh, it might be a little bit easier to distract a 17 year old junior in high school with a timeout, you know, and make him think about it. But, um, you know, and I, I, I don't know. I think that maybe just speaks to, um, you know, how good and how focused and how locked in kickers at this level are that icing the kicker doesn't really seem to matter at all. And how funny it is that head coaches just keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like, they're all into analytics, but they can see it doesn't work. They're just like, we're going to call a timeout. What's whatever. your most random thought? Like, yeah, that, that's what I'm wondering. Like, what's the, the most relatable, intrusive thought that Justin Tucker has as he's about to drill his <laughs> things the yarder? Well, no, it'll be like a song that pops into my head, like out of nowhere. It'll be like, you know, wham, wake me up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why? Why? Why is it? Or, you know, yeah, it's usually like a, a song that I, I heard on the. Um, you know, on like a random Spotify playlist that just pops into my, you know, that, uh, that, that I might've heard in my car driving to the stadium, uh, or like a song that was playing on the PA system in the, in the, uh, in the stadium, like before the, you know, third or fourth quarter or something, but, um, or, or it could be something like, um, man, you know, I got this, I had like spaghetti and meatballs, like right before this game. And I had like, uh, of garlic bread and i'm like i'm kind of feeling it right now <laughs> like, but i don't know that's yeah. that's that's usually the long and short of it it's not anything yeah, crazy. yeah. I, I um as a music guy does it suck to hate sticks like uh once a year when you go to pittsburgh <laughs> well what makes it even worse is we play that song on our uh big speakers out of yes. like like a lot Oh uh, yeah, we're here now. Yeah. I, now I feel like I'm in Heinz Field. Can you yeah, turn the music well, down, Coach? Exactly. Yeah. So, like, and listen, Sticks is amazing. I celebrate their whole catalog, except for that one song, which is probably like their greatest hit. It's a tune that just absolutely slaps, except for the one week of the year where we're going. We know we're going to Pittsburgh, and we're gonna- yeah. You know they're gonna play it like they. I do think it's actually pretty sick. I mean, sick uh, song. 
Yeah. And, I and remember then, going up there and being like, they were kicking our ass. And I was like, this is cool. We need a six <laughs> at the Edward Jones, though. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty lit. It's pretty lit. What, what, what do you think? This is the time of year with weather. You guys know every stadium. Like, do kickers, are they kind of responsible to know the crosswinds in every stadium that's outdoor? And you need less and less of them. But are you guys pretty well versed in, especially somebody like you being around for a long time? Do you know every every stadium where it comes from? Like in a way, in a way, like yes and no. So I try not to overthink, uh, you know, stadium conditions and wind patterns. There's guys who have these like diagrams and uh, these logs of records of like the wind is was was blowing in this game at. 11 miles per hour south southeast so that means going toward this end of the stadium the ball will move this much or or this little um but the way i the way i see it is like the weather is um you know the the weather is kind of my opponent like on a typical game on a typical sunday um i'm not, i'm not necessarily concerned about which team we're playing or who we're playing um you know, unless like unless there's like a guy that's just like an excellent edge rusher, then I've got to like really just make sure I get the ball off in 1.3 seconds flat. Um, otherwise, like the the opponent for me each week is the field conditions and the weather conditions. Um, you know, so as far as trying too hard to, I, I do think it is possible to to you know think too hard or think too much about the the weather conditions or the field conditions um when you know what ultimately matters is like how you handle each kick in each moment you know because uh the weather is completely unpredictable from one kick to the next like the wind might you know you might get a gust of wind that just blows the ball or um you you might be uh setting up in a spot where you know the field might be uh, you know, particularly soft or chewed up because, you know, a, an entire four quarters of football has just been played throughout the, you know, and, and of course, like the area where you kick the ball is where, um, you know, the most action on the field is happening as far as oh, uh, trenches. Yeah. guys are just like tearing up that, you know, every square inch in between the hashes. So trying to figure out like in each moment, okay, well, in pregame, the ball might've been doing this, but right now, I'm pretty sure the ball is going to do this. And right now, I feel like I've got to plant in a really specific way so I don't lose my footing and so I can ensure that I am technically sound and I follow through the ball and get great foot-to-ball contact. So as far as th- over – I do think it's – I think it's possible to overthink. Overthink it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. possible to overthink it. But you definitely got to consider the conditions when you're lining up a kick. Two-parter. One, how many on the 53-man roster can make an extra point? And two, how far could you punt it against a rush? Would the hang time be sufficient? Why do we not see any kicker-punter hybrids? Are the skill sets that different? Uh, Great questions. Uh, As far as the number of guys on the 53 that could make a PAT, probably every single one of them because they're all just great athletes. Um, you know, no, I'm being you weren't on I'm my being, team because I don't think I could have made one of those. I was I'm being way too nice. It might, it might be. Are, are we talking about like a, a pre 2015 PAT where it was from 20 yards away? Current PAT. Current PAT. So, so it's a 33 yard kick. Um, it's harder. 
I like, are we, to, are we saying like, just could make the kick off of the sticks or are we saying like, there's, you know, Ooh. a bunch of Chris Longs, like with their arms extended with a wingspan of Michael Phelps that are trying to block it. I wish I had that wingspan. Yeah. It's still game, be planned. Game situation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Game situation. Maybe on our team. I could, pro- I could probably think of them off the top of my head. It'd probably be, you know, it'd be me, Jordan Stout <laughs> and uh, Odell. Um, Odell. Odell, nice. Yeah, he's an athlete, dude. No, he can do anything. It's it's actually unreal. Um, and then, uh, gosh, what was it? What was the second? How far part? are you punting it? Why a are, great question. I forgot. Great question. I forgot everything you said. Yeah. <laughs> How far could I punt? Um, well, so in college, I punted all four years at Texas that I was there, and uh, my senior year, I want to say I was the thirteenth best punter. In the Big Twelve, <laughs> like and I straight up think it was there are two dudes at Iowa State that had <laughs> had better stats than I did. Uh, um, but as of right now, uh, I could I could get us out of it. I could get us out of a game for sure. I don't think anybody wants to see it. It could be ugly, but um, you know I could I, if I really got a hold of the ball, like if I you know, and that would be like one out of every five. You know, if I'm uh, so every thir- every Thursday, typically we do. That's our kind of a, our punt return day. And uh, while the returners are warming up or whatever, I'll just send them a couple of I'll send them a couple of punts, um, you know, and a couple of different varieties, you know, depending on who we're playing. If a guy has like a specialty kick, I'll I'll send them down there, um, you know, and in a way just to kind of help myself stay uh, in tune to some punting technique uh, but guys are really quite specialized i think that's why y- you you won't see like a hybrid guy at this level um the number the number of kicks that you gotta you know put out in a typical practice day or the the number of leg swings um for a kicker versus a punter just because they are different swings like the punter technique is like it's a lot more it's like a lot more quad it's a lot more straight up and down mm-hmm. And then, like a kicker's technique, there's like a lot. There's a significantly, um, there's a significantly more, more athletic movement. I would say so. That's, um, I would agree too, Justin. A lot more rotation. Um, I would agree. It's you know, torque. A lot more hip flexor. A lot more like back and glute. A lot, like a lot of quad. A lot of calf. So these but, kickers but like, are walking around beat up after football. You know? Yeah, I know. It's just the hip, you know your hips and your back. You know, like I mean, my my golf game after I I'm done playing. <laughs> yeah. Really, well, we want to let you go, dude, because we're keeping you over time, and I know you got stuff to get to. You got to lift. You got to keep that physique. You got to get out there, kick some some field goals, and and do what you guys do at practice, which is like you know, in the beginning they do indie, and then they run inside and play video games and shit. <laughs> so I want to let Justin Tucker get to his day, uh, but we appreciate you, dude. We really do, and hope you come back because I got a million kicker questions, yeah, that I haven't been able to ask anybody. But we hope we get you back in the off season, maybe. Amazing. I'd love to come back on. Yeah, dude. Awesome. Well, Thanks, keep, keep up the great work. Big fans. All right, like, likewise. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because we get you one step closer to the hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates. Indeed does the hard work for you. 
Indeed shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Please, Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Game day is the perfect pizza day. So make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. Order online during our pizza pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday. To have your NFL game day covered, choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. It's a pizza pizza win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, order your Little Caesars, and enjoy during the games. This podcast is brought to you by Cash App, the all-in-one app for spending, sending, and setting easy-to-track savings goals. With multiple tools for saving, spending, and sending, Cash App is an all-in-one way to stay in control of your money. Whether I need to send money to my pumpkin grower, pay for anything related to floating the river, quickly pay back a buddy for a night out on the town, or settle a bet, I can always count on Cash App. With security, boosts, discounts, a free-to-order debit card, no overdraft fees, Cash App is like a BFF for your money. It can be your read. Reads my BFF in the studio. Cash App, the exclusive financial services partner of Greenlight, downloaded in the App Store or Google Play to see why it's the number one finance finance app in the U.S. App Store. Is Dallas Buffalo the consensus most exciting game this weekend? Is it? I mean, like, I think it, so. Well, Chicago, Chicago, Cleveland. I might slide it up into the top tier. Yeah. Okay. Um, but if we're talking about Dallas and Buffalo, in a vacuum, yeah. In a vacuum, I, I think this is the biggest game this weekend. In the Star top power. tier, we're doing sports families, the Sanders family tier. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Dion, the patriarch, bringing his his. Gucci and his Louie along with them, Shiloh and Shadur, looking out for the youngins. Yeah, I think You're that's a big Coach Prime guy. Top tier. By the way, we yeah. gotta we gotta we gotta name the 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 pawns. Dion's got two pawns um, in, in his he has three in his backyard. One of them's unnamed. The other two are Prime and Time. Mm. So he's um, he's tried to get the public to come up with a name for the third pawn. I was like literally racking my brain last night. Uh, How about and, just Dion? How about well, he said Neon. Neon. And, and Neon is actually his nickname, right? Neon, yeah, Neon's Neon. the only nickname left, nickname. right, for, for, for Dion that hasn't been used Neon. on a that was a sports illustrator. Toxic sludge. No, I think you. I think you like. You know how they can like change the color of water. The like Lorax. Some, some lighting in there, like change colors, something neon, and just name it Neon Pond. Or you could put an island in the middle and call it Sanders Island, which mm-hmm. I think would be really cool because you know how corners like to say, you know, like I'm My an island, oh, yeah. island, that sort of thing. I used and, to put motherfuckers on Long Island. Uh, yeah, Long yeah. Island. 
You started talking to him like you were from Long Island. No, I was a guard. <laughs> you know, treat yourself like a DB. Paisan. Okay, hey, well, how about well, uh, try, try this one? Uh, I, I I went through everything, uh, and this is half baked. But you remember Lake Okeechobee at yeah. Florida State? Yeah. Lake Oka Championship. Hmm. How about four and eight? How about Narcissus? Ooh. Oh man. Huh? Huh? Yeah, what'd you think but about him winning he, sports that's, person that's what he of the year? Off of. Uh-huh. How, what, and he also brings people about, along. What'd you think about him winning Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year? Legitimate. I right. like that. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. yeah. He also went four and eight. Okay, which I got is, it. Makes how it about, all the more impressive that about he's Lake, sports person. How about Lake of the year. Louie? For his Louis luggage. Really good. It's got some alliteration. I like that, but yeah. it's a pond. Okay. But top, top tier sports family is, is the Sanders. The Sanders and, uh, I have an argument here. Okay. What about the. Now, work with me here. This is outside, but this is extreme sports. Maybe it's sports fishing, it's landing superstars. As boyfriends and landing big fish. love interest, the Kardashian yeah. family tree—they're up there. Mm. They're up there. That's they are good. Olympic athletes. Chris Humphrey to this. Chris Humphrey, literally Thompson. and figuratively. Ray J. Ray J. Well, the patriarch, the artist formerly known as yeah, they Caitlyn. Yeah, it, uh, Bruce Jenner is the yeah. athlete in his own gold medal party. winner, yep. which means Corona. best best athlete in the world. Yep, yep. and they landed him. That really came around. No, it, it did. I mean, it did. Yeah. So it's Have you seen Kendall Jenner walk around? I mean, that's that's an athlete. You know what I mean? Great sports family. Saw her at the ESPYs. Kim K. Great moves. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we're we're in that tier. Ten and three Cowboys are at the seven and six Bills. Brandon Aubrey, uh, this this cat who's walking out here, just an easy little swing of the leg. Fifty nine. Thirty for thirty on field goal attempts this year was successful. Successful. Heyo. Well, from uh, 45, 50, 59, and 60 last week. Here's the thing. It, I mean, the, what this comes down to for me is Dak Prescott, we've called him the MVP. If, if the season ends today, I really do believe he's that. The Cowboys look like the new Cowboys were jumping out of the gym, rightfully so, after they beat up on the Eagles, they beat up on the Seahawks. Now they have to go on the road and win a game that they're actually not supposed to win, according to Vegas. Uh, Buffalo at this point, I think they were two and a half point favorites the last time I saw. I bet Buffalo. I just believe in them in this spot. And part of the reason I believe in them in this spot is, you know, Dak, as good as he's been, one of the things that's plagued the Cowboys, and I don't want to put it all on Dak, uh, two and five on the road for Dak in December versus playoff teams. That's telling. You know, and, and I think we'll find out this Sunday if they're a new Dallas Cowboys team or if it's the same thing. And I took that's the, the point. I, that's I took the, point. the Eagles game out where, where we were resting most of our good players. Uh, of course, I played like almost four quarters in that game. But we lost that game in a low-scoring affair uh, out there at the link. I took that out of this, this, this calculus. Two and five on the road in December versus playoff teams. And I think... A big key for me on the other side of the ball uh, for Buffalo is going to be they're in the they're in burn the ships mode. Like we've seen this, I think when they're at home, and I want Josh Allen running the ball anyways. But when they're at home and he breaks off a chunk on third down or you go quarterback run, that place goes nuts. You almost see him like power up, like level up, and I think you're going to see a lot of quarterback run this weekend. Because one thing that kind of didn't get talked about coming out of that Eagles game, and I think the Dallas defense, as good as the final score was, still has some holes, and the Eagles just couldn't take advantage of it, is the quarterback run was big for this team, uh, the Eagles, on Monday night. If they wanted to stay in this game, that was one thing that they were riding 
successfully. And I think Josh Allen in burn the ships mode, the quarterback run game weather is going to be too. big. It's a weather game. Uh, they're used to this stuff. I think they can ride Cook. And, and I think when you talk about Dallas and their defense, it's the middle of the field that they, that they have a weakness in. Interior defensive line, and then the linebackers with some of the injuries they've had with, with just the group they have on, on the field. You know, we talked about in the first half how good Joe Brady was getting them in 12 personnel. They were seven plus yards of play. Can they cover these tight ends? Can they stop the run? And when you look at Buffalo, there was that span where they lost to Cincinnati, they lost to Denver, they lost to Jacksonville. These are all big games in the AFC. Um, and in those games, they had time possession around 21, 22 minutes. Okay, over the last three weeks, the Jets, the Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs, new coordinator, 36 minutes. 40 minutes and 35 minutes. That's how these guys have to live. If they can keep Dak off the field for long stretches of time and they can ride the run game and let Josh convert in these situations that he's been so good converting in, run the football with him. And Josh, I talked about this on Inside. You know how fucking frustrating it is for like Steve Spagnolo, who's a really good coordinator. He knows when to dial up a great pressure. Like he knows not only the pressures to call, but when to call them. That's how he's made his money. In that game, there were multiple free runners, and we talked about this, Kyle, McDuffie, Bolden, that you save up your best call for the biggest situation, and Josh will burn your free runner. Not good enough. And I think that is the thing that separates him from some of the other quarterbacks we're talking about, and that's the thing that he's going to do well this weekend when they bring pressure. And also, like just like sidestepping Nick Bolden or McDuffie, Parsons, Lawrence, that whole group, they're going to be back there. But Josh is bigger than all those guys. And so if he Size can, does matter. And size matters. If he can extend plays, I feel pretty good about them this Sunday. And, and, and for Dallas's offense, Dak against Sean. You know, Sean's got to stay out of man situations. Dak has done a great job burning up man coverage. And uh, you got to have answers for the bunches, for the sacks. I'm on uh, Dallas. And Ferguson's got to be a big part of it. You're on Dallas. I'm on Dallas. I like that offensive line. I like what they're building there. Um, I know that the matchup against – Jalen presented some issues for Tyler Smith uh, at times, but I think that the Ed Oliver double teams are going to be the most crucial part of the football game. I think getting him started. Because he's a little undersized. Getting the, getting the down guys started for Dallas is going to be such a massive part of what they try to do. They're going to try to put the three technique on the linebacker and have a guy untouched for three yards, and the rest we can live with. Uh, but you know, from there, they're going to allow Dak to make plays. And the weather is really the big uh, determining factor. Is it going to be an offensive line game, to your point? Is it going to be Aaron Cromer's boys versus the guys down there in Dallas? And if that's the case, then um, I'm going to put my money on the guys in Dallas because they got a Hall of Famer and they got a young player at left guard who just wants to get after not, motherfuckers. And not to say that Dallas hasn't beaten anybody in the rain or making this a big thing, but like Buffalo. This two, plays into their Buffalo, home court. But Buffalo two weeks ago. Against Philly, who's, you know, from an offensive standpoint, you talk about the physicality, the offensive line, Buffalo hung in there, and offensively, they fucking moved the ball up and down the field. The, the weather did not affect Josh Allen or that offense, and, and uh, I think I would expect to see a lot of the same. I think it could be a shootout, Kyle. He's a guy that can throw through the rain. I'm, uh, you know what? It's funny. When I went to Kansas City, uh, I was so kind of – I was wide-eyed, and I didn't understand – the greatness that was in front of me or the talent they had at the quarterback position fully. Like, I knew Pat was the quarterback, but I remember there was one day in particular, and I was out on the field really early, and it was windy as hell. And I looked at one of the coaches, and I was like, are we going to throw – like, 
Are we going to be able to throw? No, no, no. Like I said, are we going to throw it less today? And the guy looked at me. He goes, he was. He looked. He looked at me, and then he looked over to Pat, and he goes, "That motherfucker throws through the wind." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the Josh Allen situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. The wind being the proverbial anything, being the Nick Boltons, or uh, yeah. being the weather. Who's uh, going to throw that bad pick? Because Josh is known to do it. Uh, he's done it at bad times. He hasn't done it as much since uh, Joe Brady came on, but there was a pick last week that could have really cost him. Luckily, it was a midfield for them. Uh, I think Dak, you know, you talk about early in that Eagles game, he played so well, but he did sail some balls high, and we have seen situations like that Giants pick where you're like, hey, man, you know, just avoid that big mistake. It's the Giants. It's not a big deal. But can they avoid that big mistake this weekend? Redacted. If he reverts back to December's and years past, redacted. I've That's stolen that from a green light thing um, on Twitter. Okay. Now, I l- hey, Buffalo's losses, six of them, by six points, five points, four points, six points, two points, and three points. And these are two coaches who at different times, and Sean right now even, it, they've been under a lot of stress. And they're old school NFL coaches, and you know McCarthy's been maligned before, but the, he's on the upswing, right? And, and Sean's kind of on the downswing, you know, so this is going to be an interesting one. I don't know if he's like, hey, guys, you know, last week it was, uh, you know, it's like this is our Pearl Harbor game. Nobody's coming back. I, I was going to save all the jokes. I don't know if this week it's in. like, you know, like um, a Jim Jones game. They're coming to our house. I think he's still on his jihad. Everybody's going to be on the ground at the end of this one. <laughs> Doesn't everybody want to see Buffalo in the playoffs? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Except for the teams in the AFC. I paid for YouTube TV. I intend to watch the elite quarterbacks, Amen. one of them being Josh Allen. Joe Burrow's not around. We can't watch it. He's given all of his superpowers to Jake Browning. Who knows? The man. NFL needs – if you want to talk we about – We need the quarterback. You know how conspiracies about refereeing have, like, mm-hmm. really been on – it's an all-time high. Like, the NFL needs the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I can imagine if they get a call or I two I need Sunday, Joe Brady camp. Be, Buffalo needs the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo needs the Buffalo, Buffalo. Bills in the playoffs. Uh, I like that you led into that uh, that conversation with <clears throat> Dak's stats in the latter part of the season and then the Cowboys' stats kind of. But, I mean, it's easy, and we talked about this before the show, but it's easy to paint a picture by stats on Dak Prescott and it tells a story of the team and the organization. But – I have a feeling that this group is uh, is one that is seeking retribution uh, for the things that they've been made fun of. For they've so been long. We love making fun of the Cowboys, right? It's like twenty years. This now. group understands the moment, and they understand that the window is closing. You know, yeah. Smith, guys like Tyron Smith aren't going to play forever. Zach Martin's not going to play forever, and they don't have championships. And I think that the uh, it's their the, best shot. Yeah, their sense of urgency is is at an all time high in Dallas. And right if you now. want to win the NFC East, you can't lose this game. I don't think. Now, I, I think looking way ahead to Philly and in Seattle, I don't feel good about that. I don't. You know, with the secondary the way it is, but you have to play like you think Philly's going to win out. This is going to be a playoff game. You know, when you test your your internet, you go to speed test on Google just to see how fast your thing's going. Speed test. That's what they're doing this week. It's a speed test. Are we playoffs. ready for the playoffs? Because you are going to have to go on the road in the playoffs. You understand? No. <laughs> speed test. You do the thing? I've never done a speed test. I've never done a speed test. Well, oh. you're a gamer. I run speed tests. Um, Quality control. That was possible. Anyways, that, that, this is a big one. It's Burkhart and Olsen. Mm-hmm. Now, I Fox like that game. group a lot. It's a Fox game, but this is a tailor-made CBS game. I need... I need uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo every time Josh Allen steps on the field. 
I don't you know, know, Jim. I don't know, Jim. Too much of a man crush. I think I think Greg Olson's really bright and understands offense and defense both because he's a tight end. I think it'll be great. It's a higher quality broadcast, but I love the 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 Jim, I know, the, the Jim and Tony thing. Okay, uh, Baltimore and Jacksonville. This is a huge game. Huge game. Ten and three Ravens, eight and five Jags. Ravens favored by three and a half. This is Sunday night. We know who the crew is gonna be. And I cannot wait um, because I think this is a major – like Jacksonville, I said this the other day. When Trevor went down, I thought they were cooked. But seeing him move around in the pocket was really encouraging for me. That gives you a shot. And it gives you a shot at the number one seed because if they win this game and then Baltimore loses to San Francisco, which I don't think is a foregone conclusion, but you feel good about it, and if Kansas City loses one more game and you win out, and there's a lot of ifs, everything you want to do is still in front of you. But the problems with this team – the questions I have in a rainy game, and you know, like last week, Baltimore played in the rain. Um, are they going to be able to impose their will on you as a run defense? Um, I think when you look at Jacksonville, uh, the, the the lack of success that even the Cleveland Browns had last week on the ground. I would look back if I were uh, Baltimore at some of these games where they got gap schemed to death, and these gun runs with pullers. And all this stuff up front are the things that are going to hurt them. Uh, so I, I think Baltimore gets into gap scheme and pounds the ball. Um, I think, I think, I think Stanley versus Allen is a huge matchup. Ronnie Stanley hasn't played as well lately. Josh Allen wants to be talked about like an elite rusher. You got to get home this game. I really do, and I worry about Baltimore's offense a little bit. Still adjusting for Mark Andrews. You can't give them two gimmies. You can't give them a gimme like you had last week uh, down in the red zone. On the first on the scripted drive from Cleveland, you know you gave if you're Baltimore the Rams two busted coverages and a punt return for a touchdown. You can't give them anything. 14 points off turnover last week, not good. The Baltimore stuff. I mean, in terms of protection, when you got Ronnie Stanley, who's been who's been dealing with health stuff on and off for a, for a while now, um, I, I truly believe that with only one elite rusher in Jacksonville, the game plan's going to be they can work around bunch that get tight, tighten everything down here. Come on down, come on down. Tight ends, run fakes, and then I mean, you got you got one opportunity to get home at Lamar. You put Ronnie on him. You tighten down with a tight end and a guy in the backfield. He doesn't know what he's looking at. Yeah. Josh Allen, particularly with that offense, it's tough as a rusher, play, rushing, trying to get real rushes off against that unit in particular. Well, you talk about resource allocation for the second level and the bind. They're always in playing Lamar. And it's only gotten a little more interesting. I mean, not not worse for second-level players because Mark Andrews in the core is a major matchup problem because you're not sure if they're actually going to run the ball or not. Now, like Isaiah Likely, I've talked about this. they got to split him out. He's on an inline blocker. Ricard's not really a Y. So Baltimore's got to work through some of these traditional tight end sets and like figure out how they want to play these things. But for Jacksonville on offense, here's one thing I'm excited about. And this is not a spin zone. But Kirk got hurt. You're thinking, damn, we lost one of our best guys outside. Well, he's not really outside. They've been playing him in the slot. And that's part of the conversation when they signed him to that big deal. He's like a slot receiver. The issue is not paying a, a good slot receiver. It's paying two of them in Calvin Ridley. And, and when Cal Calvin Ridley's had most of his success, he's been inside. And I've complained all year about them putting him outside. He's only been in the slot 13% of the time. Last week with Kirk out, we saw a big uptick. He was a third of the time in the slot. So I actually think it's one less slot guy, and it'll simplify things a little bit. I'm not sure if it's a net positive, not at all. But what I am sure about is it's probably good for Calvin Ridley and Trevor Lawrence working It'll be together. different. 
right? Yeah, it's different. Because they haven't worked together well all season. And Doug talked about this week, it's the details in our passing game. That is what has hurt them, whether it's red zone, third down, uh, whether it's that Jacksonville-Kansas City game, or a lot of these games where they, they had a real chance, but they just couldn't get on the same page. Now you have to be on the same page. And this weekend, if they are, I actually think they have a good shot. I know Macon gave them out. When I saw this Sunday night off the Jacksonville loss, which I think looks a lot worse than it really is, like they scored almost 30 points in, in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. That's kind of unheard of this year. I think this is a good spot for Jacksonville. Everybody's going to be high on Baltimore. They could have easily lost to that Rams team last week. Where do you think How the many money points and the is tickets it? would be had that happened? Plus you know? three. Jacksonville plus three. Jacksonville mm -hmm. plus three. Some people have gotten mm -hmm. it three and a half. I kind of like Jacksonville to I keep I thought hurricane season style. was over. In this spot. Hey, if you're a fantasy football player in a PPR league, here are your top tight ends per game. Kelsey, Hawkinson, Laporta, Andrews, Kittle, Evan Ingram. Big ups to Evan Ingram having a guy. hell of a year. That's your guy. He yeah, used to be your guy, but he's... I've been, well, I've been hard on him because he didn't catch any of the passes thrown to him in New York. But 84 for 701. He was open a, a lot. And there's another guy that they like to work into the slot. So they just have a lot of guys a lot that of line up inside. And so, you know, I, I think the one fun thing about looking at Baltimore's playoff picture, and we're going to talk about the, the Browns in a second, is you can get Flacco uh, traveling to Baltimore in the playoffs. You talk about storylines. You talk <laughs> about, you know, like poss the possibility of Detroit hosting the Rams and Jared Goff and that whole thing. I mean, there are some really good storylines we could have in the playoffs, so keep an eye on that. And I just want to shout out the Ravens, man, as a program, because in the AFC right now, look around. The Patriots, that veneer is, has chipped off, and people are saying, you know, Bill's no good and the whole thing. I don't agree with that, but, you know, the Patriot way is over. You know, there was no way. It was Tom Brady. And in Pittsburgh, uh, you've got Ben Roethlisberger talking about you know, the, the culture on this team is no longer existent and this, that, and the third, and you can see it play out on the field. But Baltimore seems to be that city on the hill that their floor is so high because they draft well. Um, and over the last three years in, in drafts, you look at some of the guys that have played major snaps for them defensively. I think over 50% of their snaps are from guys drafted over the past three, four seasons uh, by this group. They're always in it because they always draft well. And obviously, they got the Lamar deal done, and here they go. And when you look around the AFC at some of the other programs that 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 can kind of keep their way of doing things going over a long period of time, the Baltimore Ravens have somehow been the only team that's continued their way. And, and there's a tight ship deserves. once they're there, too. You talk about drafting these guys, and it's a tight ship once they're there. We never hear about – the only time we hear about the Ravens, if it's the offseason or if it's non-football stuff during the season – it's hey, they were fucking wearing pads in like yeah May. Yeah, I mean we don't hear about guys. I mean like Lamar's contract situation was one that's not customary for them to have to deal with stuff like that. But don't have guys that get in trouble off the field that much. Uh, you don't have guys that make a big stink in the media. Um, I've complimented or tried to compliment their defense before and saying they don't have superstars. I kind of what I mean there is they don't have anybody that's like this big household name that everybody hangs on every word this guy says at the podium. Like, you know, Roquan Smith, the best quote you're going to get from him is like, is laying the gauntlet down yeah. for whoever's going to come into town and play them. And yeah. Jadavian Clowney doesn't say anything. And Patrick Queen's a great guy. We had him on Inside the NFL this week. And Kyle Hamilton's a great young kid. They really are a good group of guys that play well together as a team. 
their best player is that guy in the middle. And, and after that, there's no one guy that they can't win without. And I think that's really cool that they have evenly distributed talent. And that's, you know, Matabike, Geno Stone, all these guys, they drafted these guys. I'm over here drawing up, up formations on how to get Josh Allen blocked for the Ravens. Good luck. Uh, I got hey, some good answers. And yeah. there's a documented green light bump, and Justin Tucker was on this week. So don't be surprised if Justin Tucker makes a game-winning kick for one, two, or three-point victory, any number less than three and a half. You said there's a green light bump. Let me, let me, let me ask you guys this. I was on my mind this week. Is there a State Farm curse? Mm. <laughs> Seriously, think about it. Chris Paul... I feel like he's always cursed, but he's also like forty and definitely, four. yeah, definitely since he got with State Farm, like the Chiefs, Mahomes' motto that's been a big thing, and they've been bad this year relative to expectation. Andy Reid, Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles. Like, is anybody else signed with State Farm? State Farm, you can't sponsor this show. The only guy signed with State Farm that's doing well is the guy Jake selling Jake. the bundles. Is Jake mm-hmm. Southside guy? Um, is really? he a Southside guy? Yep. Wow. Vikings at Bengals, a pair of seven and six teams in three starts in place of Joe Burrow. Browning has passed for 856 yards and completed nearly 80% of his passes, highest since 1950 for a quarterback in his first three career starts. So Browning's been great, um, but he's running into what I think is going to be a bump in the road. Um, I think this game's all about the two coordinators who are well-respected and and unique, right? Um against two quarterbacks who aren't supposed to be out there. And Jake Browning has seen some stuff, but he hasn't seen B-Flow. And I think what Kyle, like we talk about the Vikings, what Brian Flores has done so well is not only really unique coverages behind that six-man front, which really doesn't get – I mean, the stuff he's doing, it's not it's not a pro defense. We I laughed at it in the, in the first level. three weeks. I legit laughed at it. I said, you should sue yourself for running that defense. Yeah, but – Because it, he tried to sue somebody else. But then I was like – In actuality – Hold on a minute, player. Yeah, in actuality – That's hard to that's hard to protect. Because that you, you've you had to be that guy that, like, gets down in your stance and you don't know who's the mic, you don't know who's You're the, waiting for somebody else to give you an answer to the test. Everybody – It looks different than the one that you prepared for. Everybody on that field – and Metellus is the perfect example. He's played 11 positions. They try to make it as positionless as possible because it's really hard pre-snap and post-snap on teams when they play the Vikings, like pre-snap, you don't know who to ID, you don't know who's 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 a who's a rusher, who who's somebody who's going to be detached from the line of scrimmage, and then when they mug up, they bail out a lot. They're blitzing less than they were early in the season. They're still blitzing a fuck ton, but they're converting some of these opportunities into chances to confuse people post-snap and flood the zones. And for a young quarterback like that, I think it's going to be really hard on him. So I do lean in a low-scoring game. The Vikings, and I think Nick Mullins is is going to be fine. We're, seen, we're opposite day. What again? What on these picks? No, I, you're yeah, you're on the uh, the Bengals. I, I'm gonna tell you why when you're done. Okay, well, all I'm saying is Nick's played some football, so I, I actually feel good about. And you look at a a, a a tight line like this for a team that just scored three points against the Raiders on the road and just benched Josh Dobbs. Like, why is this line so tight? It's not going to be a high scoring game. I'm pretty certain of that. I feel like this is a Minnesota Vikings B-flow type of game. You know, the, the Bengals aren't going to score 30 points in this game. It's going to be so cold in Cincinnati. Um, and they have the perfect blitz beater in Jamar Chase. Right. I mean, 
you talked about Jacksonville having uh, a bunch of slot receivers and yeah. nobody that's a true outside receiver. Well, there's some rule breakers in, in, at this receiver position. If, if you're at home and you're like me and you didn't watch the receiver position as strongly as you should, let me tell you, it's like tackle, guard, center. These guys have different body types, different traits. Jamar Chase is a guy who breaks all the, all the, uh, you know, the, the barriers in terms of he can play X, he can play Y, he can, he can play Z, he can go from motion, he can go from the backfield. Jake Browning has at his disposal against a team that relies so heavily on the blitz the best blitz beater in Jamar no question. Chase. Whether it's zero pressure or whether you need a quick outlet pass, a guy who can recognize defense and get open quick is going to be Jake Browning's biggest friend. And it also comes down to Zach Taylor's ability to adjust to what he sees from B-Flow. Because you and I both know what, the test you prepare for is not the one that you will take. And on that's Sunday. it. And sometimes if you're just banking on a guy being open in a spot and getting him the ball quickly, because that's a lot of times what these backup guys do, like the, that picture is going to change all the time. And so it, it effectively turns into a coin flip if you're just like, hey, the blitz is coming. I got to give it to Chase. Well, that window could be closed. Now, I want to. And Orlando be- Brown's really smart. Their left tackle, he's seen a lot uh, at the position. He grew up in the game. He is really Played cerebral. Under Andy he's a really, really cerebral player. I think he does sniff out. I'd say at least 30% of these things before they even happen. Here's all I'll say. I'm not saying the Vikings are going to win the game. I didn't bet the Vikings. I would like for them to lose because I have that that win total, but I did bet the under. So if you're sitting at home and this under is sitting there at 39 or 40, take it. I know 41 is a key number, but I just feel like this could be a really tight, low-scoring ball game. It could be a chess match at the beginning, but it could turn into a football game late. Yeah, a football game could break out. Something or nothing here from any angle of it. Kevin O'Connell made Josh Jobs the emergency third quarterback this week. Made Jaron Hall the backup. He said, I just think that Jaron is fully healthy now. I think he's really gotten back on the grass and really worked through his continued development. We wanted him to go about this week simulating as if he was playing, just using it as a real tool for his development and growth, and he's done a nice job. I think he's just paying Jaron Hall back for giving them this this run because when he went down to Atlanta – I was sure they were going to get beat by Atlanta. It's and just, Josh Jobs came in and fucking went on this run, dude. Like It's one of those interesting organizational things that maybe does pay off in the long run. Maybe. I don't know. You ever been I, to an Air and Space Museum? Yes. So it's all the old retired stuff that yeah. doesn't work, but it worked. It had like a Soviet era. Like everything's silver. You know yeah. what I mean? That's Josh Dobbs. He's just a silver spacecraft that at one time – did amazing things for this country and for this team. For a month. But now it's cordoned off with... Uh, with Yeah, it's the rope. They got the rope around him. He's like and they're a, like, we have a new version of A him. dinosaur at a museum. We have this but new... But we're going to keep him around. Like, they bring Scott Glenn, John Glenn, Scott... John Glenn? John Glenn. The moon guy. Scott Glenn. They bring him around. The actor in Firestorm. They bring John Glenn around <clears throat> like they're going to do with Josh Dobbs. He's got a job for life. Poor Dobbs. Just been passed around. I know he really has. There's Scott Glenn. He was a guy in Firestorm. Dad, Dad spoke really highly of him. Okay. Hey, this mean Broncos defense. They've won six out of seven. Lions have lost two of three. Lions favored by five points. Is this a get-right game for Detroit at home? I don't believe it. I worry about it. Like when I first saw the line, and we talked about this when you gave it the Lions. At three, like maybe, but it's ballooned up to five or, you know, it's kind of gotten into territory where you, you just take the Broncos. Like Four and a half at the moment. The Broncos know how to play close games with Sean Payton. They want these games close. 
Um, and I think if you're Denver, you shouldn't come in here tight. Let the Detroit Lions be tight. The Detroit Lions are going to be puckered up the first minute something goes wrong. I said, I always say this. It's a canary in the coal mine when somebody grows a beard or cuts their facial hair or gets this drastic haircut. Two weeks ago, Aiden Hutchinson went with the high and tight. Mm. Okay? And I think it's a great look for him, and I think he should keep it. But that tells me that something's going on there. Mm. You know, when you really change your look, it's stressful. Like, something's, something's up. And I think Aaron Glenn, his seat is hotter than fish grease, and they're fucking, like, it's tight on that side of the ball. So if I was... If I was the Broncos, when they went to Houston, they took a bunch of shots out of the gate, like like three, four shots early in that game to Judy, to Cortland Sutton. It looked like they wanted and they were prepared to score with this team. Houston, now that turned into a relative rock fight, but I think more than anything, uh, they have to come out with an attitude like they're trying to win this game. You know, I know it's in their DNA to play games close. I think they'll be able to do that anyways. That's how I see it when I close my eyes. But come tight out. Tight ball game. Tight ball game. But come out. And the thing, that, Broncos. the thing that's happened to the Detroit Lions the Russell. last couple of weeks, Kyle, has been the, the Lions have gotten jumped. You know, whether it was Green Bay or Chicago. And, and self-impalement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've hurt. They jumped them. themselves. They've hurt themselves, but also... Like Green Bay came out and it was bombs over Baghdad. They took a shot early. They found themselves up a score or two. We can't say that. We can say that. Kyle Alcast can say it. I can say it. Um, and, if that's the barometer for things that we can say. Well, there's some things that it, it doesn't work. That the Venn way. diagram doesn't work. But but you know, like if you're looking at Denver, I, I would be aggressive and I would I would understand the temperature in the Detroit building because if things start going wrong for them at home, that's almost worse than you know when you're at home and you're going through a rough stretch <laughs> and you find yourself down two scores. Yeah, like the the it's almost like you'd rather the other fans be screaming at you. Chris, 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 Chris. Yeah, I don't like the spot for Detroit if it's Sunday at one o'clock. Talk to me about it being Saturday night. At eight fifteen, standalone game on NFL Network. I think that helps them. I think the the emotion in that building will help them. But can they withstand? I think the, the same physicality? thing could be said for Denver, though, because I think Sean Payton's like all the eyes in the football universe are upon us tomorrow. Prove yourselves. I think in this in this co coliseum of gladiators. Yeah, this coliseum that's been empty every January for twenty three years but this year it's probably not the case I, I think it's a tough place to play underrated tough place to play but I think they'll be up to the task and I think Detroit the physicality that they play with when when Detroit plays these physical teams I want to find out who like Detroit's supposed to be the bully they've been getting bullied so I want to <laughs> see like what what's this team all about I would have that that attitude of aggression of being the bully not the bullied and you know it's easy to say you said jumped i would say punked jumped would insinuate yeah. multiple people coming at him it's been a fair fight and they've just gotten their asses kicked and they need to have a yeah, reality gotten, check they've gotten denver. sucker punched and and you know i i think denver's got a chance to do that um i think for detroit they've gotten a lot of pressure on quarterbacks but they haven't been able to finish this is a tough week to do that i mean we've talked about it. i think it was the the Buffalo game. They started talking about how mobile, you know, uh, Russ looks this year relative to last year. He is a, a wizard back there in some of these situations. He's lighter. Now, sometimes he'll just mm. he'll just fall down. Like I used to play them twice a year, and I knew what it was. When you rush Russ, don't worry about being high. And, and what I mean by that is get to nine yards. Like run the hoop because 
He's a shorter quarterback who bails out of the back of the pocket. And I think burning these edges. Reverse pivot. And you've got to trust that the guy's inside. Down Aleem McNeil, I think. Um, and, and, and not a great group inside, but they have to cave this pocket. And if they can cave this pocket and these guys on the edge can run the hoop, they can get to him. But the point is, when you get to him, you got to get him down. And you can't have him extending plays and pulling stuff out of his ass. Um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson might be back. They opened the window. Uh, they're talking about playing Branch a little less. I think that's one of the biggest things for Detroit down the stretch is if both these guys are healthy, how do you roll them out? And you're playing a cover three group, okay? That's what they've been playing since, since Vance Joseph got less aggressive. Um, cover three. Where can you hit cover three? Right down the seams. And last week they did not get a good get the ball to Laporta at a high click. Got to get the ball to Laporta. And Glasgow and Decker have to be a lot better. They have given up a lot of sacks over the last seven games. I think that Decker matchup. That Decker matchup against Chicago was not in his favor. Not in his favor. And you got to find a way. If you're Denver, they have a lot of pretty good rushers. They have no like alpha rusher. Somebody has to be that alpha. I think Taylor can handle. Uh... You know, I, I don't. I, I hate using the word jag. Jag is something they use in O line room to describe a just the guy, a non all star player. It's Fucking like jag. It's the game yeah. manager of Fucking rushers. Jag. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, I think Taylor Decker Taylor Decker handles those, but it rears its ugly head when you play against a guy like Sweat. We'll find out if Baron Browning's a jag or not. I don't think he's a jag. No. I think he's pretty. And I use that term. Yeah, yeah. Not as not fair at Denver. Yeah. Five games in the top tier. This is the third with a three-point line. The Browns at eight and five are favored by three points over the five and eight Bears. Since Montez Sweat has joined the team, it's a team best three and a half sacks. They're top five defense since Montez. This is a lock for me. Yeah, this is a this is a lock. I I think for a couple reasons, Kyle. I like the Bears in the spot. Number one, and we talked about this a second ago before you came on. The Bears have five wins. Look at their schedule. Path. If they went out, I don't want to sell hope to the hopeless. Path. But I'm I'm ready to jump on this bandwagon and say they can do it. Now, playoffs? Playoffs? I don't even wow. think this was in in the consciousness wow. of Bears fans uh, 6 weeks ago. But like if you win this game, you're going to play the Cardinals who are no easy task. You're going to play the Falcons at home. Dub. Okay, and you're going to play the Packers on the road, a division rival on the road. This is the inverse of the 2013 NFL season where the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears, they met in Week 17 to decide the fate of who got to go to the playoffs and who went home. And what happened? The Bears, we had them stopped. Aaron Rodgers, fourth down, rolls left. Julius Peppers gets cut by uh, Kuhn. And then who's wide open? It's Randall Cobb. He's wide open. It's Randall Cobb. At Soldier Field. Well, the Bears are going to win out, and they're going to go to Lambeau, and it's going to be Justin Fields, the DJ Moore walk-off. Man, if that happens, Kyle, we are going to run that social because I feel like we are one of the few people talking about the playoffs for the Chicago Bears. And I'm not saying it's likely. There's other wackos out there. If they win this game, Kyle, if they win this game, they could be on their way. Now, not on their way in a way that like they got all this momentum, but like they could have a real shot at this thing. They really have momentum, though. And, and I think the key is, as as average of the, as the Bears have been, as bad as the Bears have been at times, they have rounded into form and found an identity, mm-hmm. which is we run the ball, we're not afraid of you, and we play good defense. And when you play the Cleveland Browns, especially in Cleveland, okay, I think a lot of teams are beat when they walk in the door. They look across the line at Miles Garrett. They fucking they play tight man coverage. 
they're physical, they've got backers that come downhill. But I think the Bears are, are built to be able to run the football in this team. And you're going to have to do it with some gap scheme stuff. But I think the Bears can counter this kind of intimidating vibe that the, they've the Browns got, They've get. got an O-line in Chicago for the first time in yeah. a long time. And I remember well, that was I, the I complaint. Think the, key, the key thing you, there, you said is identity. And, you know, the Bear, Bears football is running the ball and playing good defense. Yep. And that's, and that's what they are, and that's when they're, they're most successful. And this quarterback thrives in this in the, in this identity. System fan. And I think what's what's so interesting about it is, you know, Justin Fields has been playing really good ball, you know, like from from my standpoint, the eye test, but people aren't sure. Like people aren't sure and this is a month um, this is a month audition. And I think for a lot of other teams that are looking to trade for him, we'll talk about those teams in 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 a, in a bit and maybe there's one in particular. People are stuck on the fence of Nolan's question, the proverbial can we win with him or are we going to win because of him? And in some situations, I can point to situations in games where you are 100% winning because of Justin Fields. Um, you know, like like just certain plays where you're dead to rights if it's anybody else. You or heard he Stefanski talk about him this week. He the back-breaking scramble. about him. The back-breaking scramble last week against the Lions. You know, stuff like that, where it's like he got to that pylon Which so one? fucking fast. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm talking about down in the red zone. So I, I, I think this is the perfect spot for the Bears if they want to win this game against a team that most people are probably on in the Browns who just beat the Jaguars, who are really tough, really tough. Uh, at home, um, I think they're not going to be uh, intimidated. And the Browns are banged up. Delpit, Dewan Jones, Okoronkwo, who had a peck last game, and Jim Miles Schwartz came out and was like, yeah, Miles has a shoulder. Jim Schwartz came out of the game and was like, I didn't even know he had a peck. I'm sick to my stomach watching it, just how difficult it was for him to finish this game. They have been so banged up this year. We talked about this at length, four different quarterbacks that they found a way to win games with. There's no reason that they should be where they are with the injuries they have. So I want to shout out Kevin Stefanski again. Um, and, and for Joe Flacco, he could make $4 million if he gets to the Super Bowl. I just, this just came out today. $75,000 a win, okay? Two fifty dollars with a wild card win. Uh, half a million if he wins the division, uh, divisional round game in the playoffs. And then a million if he wins the AFC Championship. Two million for the bowl. Comeback player of the year? I mean, if he when, – when do they vote on comeback player of the year? I feel, I feel like if, if, he can, if he can smoke – Is there still time to come back for us? Can, oh. No, there's no time. <laughs> if he can smoke these next couple teams, like maybe he's in that race. Whoa, whoa, the, whoa. Tommy D needs that, Chicago that, that no, contract. No. Tommy D. Just to pay for tickets. Tommy, Tommy D, D does. Keep saying to, I'm like, who he, is Tommy D? He's not even Italian. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? It, he's Irish. Irish and German. Yeah. Are you? Tom DeVito making 750,000 American Convenient. chickens this year. I know. Flacco's hey. at plus 2,000 right now. Flacco's plus 2,000. Did y'all see the post-game speech when Stefanski gave him the game ball last week? <clears throat> what do you say? He was just, hey, man, I'm, I'm so honored that, that y'all have welcomed me into this locker room. I feel like a 10-year-old kid playing out there. Giannis. I was like, fucking yeah. Joe. That's cool. And Let's all the go. guys, man, Wyatt Teller talking about he's a dog. Like, yeah. like when you hear somebody call somebody a dog, like that's a great compliment to hear if you're a position player. If but you're a human. That gets called that. If you're a human yeah, if you're and a you human, get called a dog. Not in every situation, a good thing. but on a football field for sure. Um, <laughs> I'd be a lab. So actually, I, 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 like, I like Chicago here. Uh, on the road, it's at three right now. I've seen it at three and a half. If you can get it at three and a half, I think it's it's probably a good bet. Oh. What kind of dog is making? <clears throat> Maltese. 
Sharpay. They're kind of cold. German Shepherd, smart as shit. Not his German Shepherd. Puked all over itself yesterday. He had to clean it up. <laughs> dog can dog can run up the side of a tree, but dog's looking at me like I can do a lot of things, but up. I can't get the tissues out. <laughs> uh, hey, we need a name for the middle tier. Oh, the middle tier. We're talking uh, sports families. I, I in honor of the Devito, the Jordan. How do we feel about Levar Ball? The ball family. Because honestly, where did he go? Uh, because honestly, Levar. a lot of people gave Lavar Ball shit, but he, he was a good dad. He produced two NBA stars. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one's a star, the other one's a good player, right? Or a decent player. I don't know. Yeah, uh, hurt, hurt. Yeah. I don't know. I don't watch the NBA unless there's a fight in the Eastern Conference. He's but got a bad knee. I, I think a lot of people got really mad at Lavar Ball, but uh, but all in all, like he's just being a dad. He's really good passionate lesson. about his kids. I'll Good put lesson. them in the middle tier, the, the Ball family. Uh, I'll go with the Jordans. Michael, Marcus. His son, yeah. What are the others? Jeffrey. Jeffrey because, the you know, they're middle tier because Michael, obviously, greatness. And then the rest, not so great. So they balance out to the middle <laughs> tier. The, I'm, pi- I'm, the I'm, Pippin's the low tier because, Marcus Jordan because of Larsa. Marcus dating Larsa Pippin. There you go. Yeah, Larsa's yeah. the bottom. The Pippin's That's are the bottom greatness. tier. Greatness? Yeah. Um Okay, so the middle tier. What's the first game we got? We're going to lead off with a line. Speaking of lines, it's jumping all over the place. It's the Kansas City Chiefs at the New England Patriots. The, the Chiefs will feature quarterback Patrick Mahomes, who had to be picked up by the Wambulance oh my gosh, uh, last stop. week after a loss at home to the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> he knows he's got the, another bill. He knows when he's got the public on his side. Now he's got another bill. He does. The public hates the Chiefs. The Chiefs have become the Patriots. Where over a span of time, you know, it was fun when New England beat the Rams. It was fun when they beat the Panthers. It wasn't so fun when they beat the Eagles for some of the people in here. Mm-mm. But then, like, you know, people were like, all right, that's a little much, you know? And there's that point with every franchise. I feel like we got to that point with the Chiefs. Past the sell by date. And it's everybody hates them and they're happy to see them lose. And they, they love seeing Mahomes lose his shit on the sideline. What, what, he was what? offsides, but the play was super cool. <sighs> it was a penalty. Can't call that. I love the oversimplification of this argument. You guys are just like the people in the YouTube comments. Go on. Um, the issue is, for me, is this the storyline for me is this Do we see Bill and Andy head to head again? Is this the last one, or is this the first of maybe 10 in the AFC West mm. over the next five years? if he's coaching the Chargers. Or the Raiders. Or the Raiders. These are two of the best coaches of all time. And I don't know uh, if we're going to see it again. And so depending on what you believe or don't believe about the reports swirling around in New England, I am – I'll put it this way. If I had to to place a bet, I'd say the reports are true. Uh, I have talked to people who – are on the inside of these rumors and you know no one is is pushing back on the rumors um but there's there's always the caveat that they could change their minds um if that's true and this is the last one for bill i know on the way out the door in new england he would love to look back at this game and say yeah they fired me or i had to move on but I fucking shut Patrick Mahomes down. I made them play left-handed. I took away Travis Kelsey. That's what he does, right? Um, I see this one being tight. I, 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 I'd, 
I'd like to see the Kansas City Chiefs get right in this situation. I, think I don't know. If, balls, I think Zappy balls, relatively speaking, against this defense. I think he makes some big throws. Ooh, I don't think so. No, no, I, I, think, yeah. he, I think he does. Yeah. No, I know. I, I, I really I do. I, I think this defense is going to suffocate them. It's New uh, England. It's Bill, like you talked about. It's a legacy game. Um, there's a lot to play for for both these teams. Kansas City trying to right the ship, make people forget about all the – things they had to say about Kansas City last week. I know the receivers who want to get this taste out of their mouth. Patrick wants to put his best foot Well, it might be the worst receiver room matchup all year. I mean, find a matchup that's got worse. Can we get Juju to switch uniforms? Yeah, that might help the Chiefs. That's what I'm saying. Justin Ross is coming back. Tony, okay, who says no? Tony for Juju. Oh, uh, yes. (laughs) Yes. Straight up. Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, because Tony deserves New England. I would like to see Tony in a New England building. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like that's like going to military school. Do you remember when kids were used to get in trouble and they get sent to Fork Union yeah. Military yeah. Academy? They where, come like, back in their buttons are straight as fuck. That's where they need to send Tony because he'd come out like, oh fuck, I had to make my bed in the morning. I had to line up on sides, the whole thing. Um, but I think the biggest question for me is what, what does he chef up? Because I do think the, the Kansas City defense is going to take care of business. What does Bill chef up uh, taking away Travis Kelsey? And if you look back at the, the games that these two have played, Andy Reid has been on the wrong side of the biggest ones, right? The Super Bowl yeah. with the clock management at the end of the game. Nolan was recounting being a Philly kid and watching. In agony. In agony. Five minutes, mm-hmm. down ten. Taking our jolly old time, like running the, the play clock down like to at the five. Time, I was like seven years old, <laughs> but so I didn't really have the wherewithal to know what was going on. But like the family members around me just screaming, like, screaming. <laughs> the funniest thing is, there's a historical account from the Patriots' perspective. Yeah, and Bill was so confused. He was asking the assistant coaches to confirm the score. He's like, we're up 10, right? <laughs> we're up 10. They're like, yeah, dude, like, we're good. I can hear Bill saying that. And and he, even he said, he was like, then what the hell are they doing? Yeah. And like, I can hear people in my family oh. yelling that at the screen. Like, what the hell are we doing? I can imagine that that in a room full of Philadelphia people, that was a tough five minutes and the puking and the whole thing. But you have the all overtime year. game and with the D4 game, D Ford game, like that kills, bro. Like, I think they win the Super Bowl that year. They would have gone on to beat the Rams. Um, it's D Ford lined up off sides. There was a classic in uh, in, in, in New England in, in 18, 43-40. Like, Andy's just been on the wrong side of these, so I think this is a personal. I'm not saying they don't like each other. I watched highlights from that one the other night. Yeah, the 2018 yeah. AFC Championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Classic game. Classic game. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this because I like seeing Kansas City. Makes you City realize how long Patrick's played. Yeah. I, Stanford Steve said earlier this week that Kansas City hasn't faced any adversity over their Super Bowl run or Super Bowl their runs, and I think that's ludicrous. I really do because. They've, they've Stanford Steve said that? Yeah, He's your sober driver? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've faced adversity now. They have. Um, I don't think this is about them not being able to handle adversity. I think it's just like, can we get these fucking wide receivers? Yeah, how good are we? The right things. Um, how good are we, and, actually? And I think that's what's so frustrating. That Chiefs-Pats total is 37. 37 is also the total in Miami. Jets-Dolphins. Zach Wilson coming off 27 of 36. I mean. 301 and 2. You gotta slam the over, right? 
Miami favored by eight. I do think I do think the over might be the play here. Come on. Um, now I don't know what's going on. I'm with the putting Mi- the money I owe making in that. I don't know what's going on with the Miami injuries. Like, could you get Armstead back this week? You, you're going to be dealing with Eichenberg, uh, Cotton, Jones, and then Jackson, who's been a good player for them this 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 year. So, you know, you, it's not like you had everybody up. Uh, it's not like you had a great offensive line the, the first time you played them. You were able to move the ball fine. Um, but I, I think this is going to be interesting. You know, like 15 mile per hour winds gust up to 39 miles an hour on uh, 39 miles an hour. That's Tua like does not throw it through the wind. Zach he Wilson does. does. Zach Wilson throws it through the wind, but then it might go somewhere else. Um, I just think everything has to be perfect for Miami. So I'm afraid in these spots to, to take Miami. You know, there's a lot of points to take Miami. Uh, even at home, like look what happened the other night and with the weather. Uh, I think this one could look a little bit different. Do you remember the Franco-British supersonic airline uh, jet? It was called the Concorde. Yeah. 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 And it could get to to Europe at Mach 2 speeds, yeah. three hours from New York to, to London. Everybody was like, look at this fucking plane. It had a they cockpit were, that actually dipped down. Yeah. Uh, they were like, oh, we've Europe never seen dynamics. anything. We've never seen anything like this fucking plane here. It's going to get you to London in three hours. <laughs> it's the perfect plane. Uh, and then it just blows up because like something wasn't perfect. Hold oh, on a minute. Yeah, you're thinking of the Hindenburg. No, I'm thinking about That's the Concorde. That's a blimp. That's a blimp. <laughs> but whether it's the Hindenburg, the Concorde, the Titanic, um, the, it's got some design flaw. But things blow up. That's kind of the way the Miami Dolphins operation uh, reminds it reminds me of the Concorde. It's like the, we've never seen this before. There were blind you get, spots. Though. You get you to London in three hours. But what if you hit a little debris on the way off the runway? It's just going to explode. Like that's kind of the way I'm thinking about the Miami Dolphins right now. Can they? Can they, can they play through these injuries? Can they play through weather? Can they play through? Uh, you know, we talk about teams that that haven't handled adversity. Anytime a good team plays this team, and New York is not one, um, they do not play well. But the thing that worried me last week is even with cheat out, even with the the, the lineman out, that's a game you should win when you force. Two turnovers backed up. When you pick a ball off and go up seven nothing on, on account of your defense at home, like that's a gift. We used to sit in meetings and be like, "Yeah, when this happens, your chances of winning go way down. Yeah. When this happens, your ch- and it's predictable. If you throw a pick six, you're going to lose that game probably on the road. If you turn the ball over twice backed up on the road uh, against a better team, you're going to lose that game. See long. But they found ways to lose." Certain games, usually against good teams, but last week not great. So I kind of worry about Miami covering in this spot. Hey, you've just given me four wins. Is that right? Arkansas State, a couple of overs, the Bucks against the Pacers. I want to be your gambling buddy here, okay? I want to okay. repay the favor. You call it as you see it. You're a very good analyst. But I think you need to zag your brain on this one with the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Miami 30. New York Jets 14. 13. You, it's your favorite score to say. Can you see that? You always say. I really you, like 31 13, but I'm So what's the score going to be? 30 to 14. Okay. Can you see that? I can see it for I sure. Think the Connor Williams loss is a pretty big Connor loss. Williams loss is huge. ACL, he's out for the year. Yeah. But, but I just, man, with the weather the way it's going to be, uh, okay, the California Condor, not the California Condor, the Concord, mm-hmm. the, the, mm-hmm. the Concord, the plane, not the bird. Yeah. Okay. Endangered. You know, like it, you don't you don't have to fly everywhere in three hours. Concord. You are a running football team. Yeah. Okay. So morph into that running football team. If the Miami Dolphins want to make a run, and I think they can, but not the way they're doing things right now, 
you need to run the football. Last week, you ran at will. You know what I'm saying? You get down the red zone, and you're not sure, and you're kicking on fourth and one. Like you got to be able to trust these guys up front. Uh, the, the reality of the NFL is offensive linemen, the, the, the rate of attrition on those guys is higher than the quarterbacks this year. Like O-linemen, they go down. Okay, every week you got to replace a guard. You got to, and some teams have to replace a couple. I'm not minimizing these problems, but you have to be able to trust your backups to to help you out of these situations. And one easy way to do that is lean on the run game. Um, most are just tied Ricky Williams for uh, most TDs in the season in Miami. Here's one. Here's a score I and can see. And he's the second running back. Seventeen nine, because the fucking the, the twenty eight twenty. That's, Seven. that's not a score I'm giving out. That's but, not a. But here's what I'm, on, that's I, not going to happen. Be serious. 28 27. Fucking, be serious. <laughs> come on, dude. Here's, here's what I think Jets. No, I, I think this, this Miami defense has got to be pissed off. What we're going to find out. They gave up fucking 327 to Levis. You know, Howard gave up 129 to D Hop. Um, the Jets only ran for 29 yards last time they played. And the um, fashion in which they did give it up. At the end of the game. At the end of the game. That's back, that's backbreaking stuff. Like, you got to come out better this week. And I know you're down Jalen Phillips. And Chubb was pissed off last week, threw his helmet. That's the difference in the game right there. You know what I mean? And, you know, for, for this defense, they got to take this shit personal. I know we blamed it on Tua because ultimately quarterback gets the credit after you, you slice and dice the commanders. It's like, wow, look at this offense. But when you lose games like this, quarterback gets the blame. Now, Peel the onion back a little bit. It's not just the offense. This defense, I think, deserves just as much blame as the offense the other night. Here's a game that Badback loves. Nolan, talk to me about the quarterback situation in Houston. Texans are at the Titans. The Titans are favored by three points. This is our third straight game with a total of 37. It's looking like we're going to be back to Mills Mafia. Davis, Davis Mills, Mills in the lineup and that big neck of his. Uh, CJ still in concussion protocol. And a defense in Houston that just gave up the aforementioned 301 yards to Zach Wilson. By the way, the Concord had a Rolls-Royce Olympus 593 uh, turbojet en engine. So, that's, you know, that's, I don't that's care. That's Devon Exactly. Right there. It doesn't do you any good if, if you, you know. Anyways, here's Houston and Tennessee, uh, as, as Macon alluded to. Houston's in a bad spot, and I think this is a big Vrabel spot. And, like, when you, when you say Vrabel spot, it gets me excited. You know, because Mike Vrabel is maybe my favorite head coach in the NFL. The, the things he's done left-handed before, um, the wins that he's stacked up. You talk about, like, going to Kansas City with Malik Willis. I'll, I'll never forget that game. They're 10-point dogs, and they make that thing a fist fight. And, you know, like when, when, you, when, you, when you remember back to Brady's last game in the rain in New England against a team that's definitely better than you. Like just the end of that game, him delaying that punt and then taking the false start and watching Bill on the sideline, just so fucking frustrated because not only is he getting out coached, he's getting out coached by his kid. You know, Mike Vrabel, is his, it's like when, when I play Waylon in Connect Four, I cannot beat him and I want to throw the fucking thing through the window. <laughs> That's how Bill felt when Vrabel was beating him at the end of that game, being too cagey. And that's what he is. And like in spots like this, he thrives. You know, 2020 AFC Divisional uh, playoff game. They're 10-point dogs to the fucking Ravens. And, you know, the Ravens put up 508 yards but scored 12 points. Like they found a way to beat that team. Tannehill threw the ball like 13 times. So he's creative. And I don't even think he needs to be that creative this game. And, that, and that's the reason 
that I like the Titans here because of all the injuries to Houston, because their entire team's on the report, including the quarterback and Nico Collins. They lost Tank Dell. Uh, and we saw what that looked like in the rain last week. Um, for the Titans, they have something they didn't have over this last five, seven-year run, I believe, in Will Levis, somebody who can actually create a little bit more than Tannehill. He's fearless. You know, like, you don't need the play action to be your bread and butter with, with Will Levis. He actually uh, is able to create some offense for Tennessee. And I feel like in this game, with the people who are healthy, and Derrick Henry, who since 2015, these are his yards per, per, per carry against the Houston, uh, against the Houston Texans, uh, he went for 211 and 8.6 yards of carry. He went for 212 and 9.6 yards of carry. He went for 250 and 7.4 yards of carry, 219, 6.8 yards per carry. And then a quiet day at the office, 126 for 5 5. Silly. The last time they played each other. Sometimes, you know how this is when you played. The, 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 the players change, but that logo, you associate it with success. Yep. You know, and I, I think this matchup is one for, for, for Mike Vrabel. And for, for Derrick Henry and this group where they're like, yeah, come into our world. And our world isn't as tough as it was uh, when, when we had Ryan Tannehill. I think we got a quarterback of the future. Like you heard DeAndre Hopkins talk about this guy last, last week after that game. I actually think like this doesn't even need to be a variable spot. They can just beat this team. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, with the, the way muscles on this quarterback. Levis? Yeah, he's huge. He has not as jacked as Brady Quinn. He has varsity blues energy. I, I just think it's a good spot for, for Houston, and Vegas Nobody. agrees. They're, they're favored, and I don't know where the tickets are or where the for, action is. For Tennessee, for Tennessee. Or for Tennessee, yeah, they're two-and-a-half-point favorites. I, I mean, I'm in love with this Will Levis guy. I'm in love with Why don't you marry him? seemingly how <laughs> he's like he's, he's, blind, he's blind to the dangers of playing the quarterback position. Whether it's running the football and trying to run everybody, trying to run over, over Jalen, whether it's throwing the football in the whole shot um, and just giving his guy a chance, it's all stuff that we love. But at the end of the day, God, it's dangerous stuff. How about the video of him getting after DeAndre on the side? Yeah, I love it. Like a I love it. We talked about that on Monday, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. We talked about it on Monday. We said, "Fucking Will Levis doesn't take shit." That's what I appreciate about this guy. Tennessee and Hopkins knows he can't walk all over him now. And then Hopkins, after last week, goes out and says all this stuff about him. Yeah, no, he loves him. You could tell. I mean, you could tell those guys rally around him. Tennessee he crawled got up in his 72 percent of uh, the bets and 87 80, percent of the money. So, um, you know, like, in, no matter how you slice it, I think Tennessee might be the favorite this week. And so now Houston's in this spot where they got to win with their backs against the wall because this is a playoff game for them. Every game from here on out is a playoff game. And Davis Mills I, has had experience. Um, Kyle Long taught me sometimes when the backup comes in, the O line is on their P's and Q's. Yeah. Communication is different. Cadence is different. You got to be on your shit. And also, the night before, the coach says, Hey, big guys, we're going to lean on you tomorrow. They tell you, they make no surprise about it. Like, tomorrow's day. your day. Those Derrick Henry stats are ridiculous. They're unreal. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's fake. It's like uh, Jordan versus the Knicks. Yeah. Just next level stuff. It's, it's like a high school stat line. You know what I mean? So I mean, we'll, it's like we'll, me versus Slim Jim. I, I expect, I expect, <laughs> yeah, no non-sponsored. You, you against <laughs> you, you against nitrates yeah. in general. You know how many times I've seen Kyle walking around the house eating like a single, like a piece of pepperoni. Yeah, in case like, meats. Pizza, he's in just case eating. Meats. Yeah. Anyways, I like deli meats too. Let no, me, that's like the Houston Texans to him. Let me talk to you guys about a pair of seven and six ball clubs. They're going to mm -hmm. play in the middle of the afternoon on Saturday. 
on the NFL Network. It's Steelers at Colts. Currently, Steelers win the tiebreak over the Colts based on best win percentage in common games. Whatever that means. Breaking news, Alex Highsmith has cleared protocol. That's huge. Wow, 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 wow. Because when he came out of that game last week, and I didn't think they were ready to play, and I think they lost that game anyways, but it was really hard to get pressure. I mean, like, he is a guy. TJ was knocked out, too. I'm not a big fan of, like, campaigning for Pro Bowl votes on, on online. Like, I've seen some guys this week. This is that time of year where you're like, dude, you? You know, like, you've seen a couple of those. I, I'm not going to name any names, but I think we, we all know who I'm talking about, maybe. Um, but, but, but this fucking guy, Highsmith, I saw him post the other day, like, Pro Bowl vote. He should be a Pro Bowler. This guy has played his ass off, and I think it's so easy to get enamored with T.J. Watt He's great. He's one of the best we have in our game at rushing the passer, if not the best. But to have a one-two punch like that, I mean, it really does. He's the Robin. You know, every great rusher needs a great Robin, and he's been that guy. And I think losing him last week really hurt them. So him being back on the field is huge. And I think for, for, for Indy, you only ran the ball 18 times last week. That's the world I think that um, the Steelers want them to live in. You know, like make Gardner Minshew beat you. Where you're having trouble is intermediate game. In the middle of the field, these backers are suspect. You know, commit bodies to that area of the field and make him beat you over the top. I don't know that he can do it consistently. And so, like, on the other side, you got Mitch, who's probably not going to fuck things up, you know, playing against Gus Bradley. I, although the one time they played back in, I think, 2019, Chargers-Bears. Huh? Big day. He didn't have a big day. Mm. He had a bad day. But I think like bad with the shell coverages that he plays, it'll be interesting to see their game plan. I thought last week their idea was like, let's get out and sling the ball around the yard. This is a run game type spot, right? Like let's get out there and impose our will. And it's going to be the same thing for Indy, but I don't know if they can do it. I think Pittsburgh can do it. They were trying to, yeah, like you, even in those got to have it situations, short yardage situations, you, we saw them going with the, with the throw. I mean – I like Mitch because he gives you an option after you've ran the ball a lot with the ability to get to the edge. And he does have the ability to throw the ball once he is outside the tackle box. I think that's where he thrives. In 2018, when we had a lot of success, a lot of our stuff was the naked boot concept. I mean, and if it wasn't naked boot, we, we'd call it the nude boot, which is pull up at the tackle. A nude not, boot. Not, not quite naked, just a nude. <laughs> You know, the there's synonyms, though, Kyle, is the thing. Yeah, yeah that's the it's problem. It's all about terminology. But to an offensive coach, it's not. So if he says, Nick, so here's the deal. Scantily we clad. Ran, nearly so nude, nearly nude. Out. Hear me out nearly here. Nearly nude, nearly if nude. It, if, it was, uh, if it was fake ride 35, naked right, we would call it Cyrus. So that means the quarterback will be nakeding right. And if it's to the right, we would call it fake ride 34, naked left, a.k.a. Miley. Because there's Follow. an L in there. Yeah, M Miley, Cyrus. Yeah, yeah. And then I forget what we have for the nude, but nude was it was like a condensed version of naked. Like he's going to pull up. There is a spot that he gets. You might not see his dick. But Mitch can succeed in both those situations where it's the heavy play action, you pull up, and you're almost in the pocket, you're out of the pocket. We don't know. Yeah. He can hit the whole shot on that. Do you prefer? He also does well getting out because he can run. I think they're going to run the football, and he's going to have running yards. Do you prefer Mitch fully naked or nearly nude? 
I liked Mitch in seven man protection. Got you. With heavy run fakes. Okay. Forcing these linebackers to fill their gaps and honor the fake. Got it. Because the token gun fake stuff is, you know, that's what it is. It's yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I, I mean, I actually like Pittsburgh in this spot. I mean, I, it sounds crazy and maybe. Indy's a one-and-a-half point favorite. Indy's a one-and-a-half point favorite. I like the over here, too. I think both teams are going to move the ball. Uh, that totals at 42. And and if you want to talk about a team that's playing with their back against the wall, you got former players like Ben Roethlisberger talking about the culture. you got Merrill Hodge saying the tight ends look like, uh, what is it, uh, two turtles humping when they block. Uh-huh. Like it's 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 a bad thing to hear from some of your former players. Welcome to the O line uh, community. O line meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should hear some of the some shit of the that th- things that they're calling you guys. Oh God. The I NFC a, South tier. It's got a guys. tier of its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tampa's at Green Bay. Atlanta's at Carolina. The Giants go to New Orleans. Let's start with Bucks and Pack. The Pack's favored by three and a half. Totals forty one and a half. I like the Packers here, man. I mean, like, I don't know if this is technically considered a zag because I don't take too much from, from, you know, a team beating Atlanta. But the reason I like the Packers here is, uh, is, is the run game. I, I don't think the Bucks can take advantage of what Saquon and the Giants took advantage of the other yeah. night. Like, they're, they're not built to run the football. They haven't, they haven't taken a lot of negatives, so they're not behind the sticks a lot. But they really can't run the ball, and so um, that that's the thing that like if you're going to play the Packers right now, you got to feel good about. And then also like Baker, the last two times he's played the Packers with the Rams and with the Browns, ten sacks, five picks. Like Joe Barry's the constant; he he's been there. Um, I think this is a good spot for the for the Packers. I mean, um, I, I want to see how Love responds. I, I don't think last week is who he was. I think the receivers didn't help him in some spots, but he missed some throws. I'm going to be honest about a guy that I've been high on. He did not have his best game, uh, but both teams in the red zone, bad offensively. Who's going to actually have the best game? Play? Bro, the issue is uh, the involvement of Godwin in this offense. Like, I love Mike Evans, and I really like what Baker has to offer as a quarterback. But when you've got a guy like Godwin essentially riding the pine statistically, Speaking, it, it makes me scratch my head. And I think that's like gross negligence. Uh, that guy was such a volume player, and granted, it's a different different situation yeah. there, quarterback and um, that kind of thing. But I, that's what's puzzling to me. You've got a Hall of Fame receiver in Mike Evans, and I understand that he's going to get his share of receptions, like Keenan Allen in Los Angeles. But at the end of the day, if you've got other guys, it'll be beneficial to your team to use them. Godwin's got to be more involved. And if the Bucks win this game, I mean, like, they feel like they could go to the playoffs. I mean, the math supports that. So, I mean, like, this is a shit show, this division. I mean, if they blitz the Jordan Love, they're going to pay for it. That yeah, fucker I, likes to hit, sling that thing I know, off he, his back foot. He, he's seen a lot of blitz the last month of the season, including Wink last, last week. And not all blitzes are the same, and not all blitz designers are the same. But I think I, I, don't, I don't worry about Jordan getting pressured. You know, it's just more about, like, make the throws when they're there. I mean, he missed some balls the other, the other night. I can see this line going down to three. Yeah. And, and I, I, I really like Green Bay at home. Yeah, me too. Yep. Me too. Bummer of a loss for Green Bay last week. Same goes for Atlanta. Young Waku, league's most accurate kicker. He missed two. They were from 50 and 52, but two big kicks and a four-point loss to Tampa Bay. Atlanta's at Carolina. The line is three points. Yeah, now he's he's going to be outside. It's going to be cold. It's um, so kicks are going to matter in this game, man. Atlanta's you know, like, lost five one-score games. Kicks are going to matter, and this is going to be a close game, and they've lost a bunch of them. That's a great point. You I mean, can, uh, like you can buy a ticket to this game for fifty cents. 
Well, let me tell you about the, really. Really, two well, quarters will get you in. It's the unlikeliest of ticket prices, but it's. I see it right here. I feel like this is a meme that somebody made up. Is this AI that that section five thirty two row eighteen is forty five cents? There are three tickets available, forty five cents a piece. Oh right, my so let's, god! Let's just say, for sake of argument, there are fifteen thousand such seats. That would cost you six thousand seven hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> it costs more to run a credit card. Dude, how many seats can we get at 50 cents? Should we, should we buy a whole bunch? Let's see. I'll buy a whole bunch. Falcons fans in North Carolina, Utes. But they're not going to go anyways because I got to get there. You know, it's like still a cost yeah. for them. How? Put them on a Concord. <laughs> in 10 seconds. <laughs> as long as Cheetah doesn't get hurt. Oh, boy. If they were 50 cents, I would fill that bowl. With uh, I would fill that bowl with Atlanta fans and then bet the Falcons, okay? <laughs> and I'd still make money, all right? This is the ultimate hangar game. Uh, people are not going to be watching this game unless you're a Falcons fan. I think the big news this week that's kind of telling is Arthur Smith, barring a collapse down the stretch, is going to keep his job. That's the report. Um, and I think that says with certainty that they're going to make a move at quarterback. And I think it's Justin Fields. And I think that's great. I, I'm excited about that. Um, you not, think that's going to happen? I'm not breaking this news. I'm not saying it's happening, but, but like you think that's reading what's the happen? tea leaves, yeah, I think Atlanta's a destination mm. for. I Justin think it would be Field. great for all parties involved. Now, here's a funny fucking situation that could arise. Say the Bears go on a run. Say uh, it comes down to the Bears and the Falcons, and the uh, the Falcons lose that game. Justin Fields makes the playoffs and is no longer available. Can you imagine? The whole thing is uh... Uh, so. In this situation, I just think uh, I think Atlanta's got to take care of business. I want to shout out Ryan Nielsen, their D coordinator, who who's done a really good job with with not a lot of talent. I mean, I don't think it's a talent rich defense. They have kept them in a lot of games, and Atlanta, if they win, they got to win these twenty one nineteen type games, these twenty three twenty type games. With that defense and the injuries they've had to some of their best players, and just like. Like I said, not that talent rich. I think he's done a great job, and it's a double whammy for New Orleans because their defense isn't great, and that's where he was last last year. I don't know if it's all him, uh, but you got to run the ball. Please run the fucking ball if you're the Falcons. I am on the Falcons this week. You got a tundra with snow tires, and you're taking the key out for a spin. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you got B. John Robinson in the red zone. Give him the fucking ball, man. Um, this has been a problem for them because Desmond Ritter. They need to just go wildcat in the red zone with him. Just take Desmond Ritter practice. off the field. Take him off. You add a blocker, and you got the best athlete in the planet with the football in his hands. Here's the thing about Desmond Ritter, and I know he probably runs out of time, and it's not fair that he doesn't get as much slack as a higher draft pick and all that stuff. But this is the reality. And, you know, when you look at his EPA, the thing that's confounding, and I think the thing that keeps a lot of these Falcons fans in, in this thing, I was, on, I was reading today on, on Reddit, Falcons fans are listing all of Matt Ryan's stats through his first however many games and comparing them to that, which is a terrible thing to do. Just don't do that. You're setting yourself up for failure. Um, but the thing that keeps these, these Falcons fans in, in, the, in the Desmond Ritter conversation so to speak is i think in the fourth quarter he's made some big throws like look at his epa in the fourth quarter he's top five in the league through the first three quarters he's bottom five in the league so whatever's happening in the fourth quarter desmond just do that the first three fucking quarters just make believe the you game's know, ending just yeah. make believe it's over other than the hail mary pass the hail mary desmond, pass can you believe the game's week. ending soon we just started <laughs>
I, I, Wink. Maybe at home they can just put the fourth quarter on the Yeah. Floor. That's what they should do. Trick you just hold up the fours immediately. Yeah. But here's the problem. Desmond Ritter, last Kick week, off. you win that game if he if if he doesn't make the mistakes he made. I mean, right down to, and I, I, I don't remember if they went and couldn't get points here, but like the first time they got down in the low red, they end up uh, on third down throwing the ball out to the flats to Bijan. It's a walk-in touchdown. He's behind him. You know, they take a safety. Um, you know, and that's on Ritter. Uh, you know, you've got fumbles. You have you have a bad pick that led to points. I mean, that's over ten points on Desmond Ritter. And there was also a pick that got called back and, and a fumble that he picked up on his own. So, the guy is kind of a walking turnover machine, dude. And to Tampa Bay, the first time you played him, the only reason they're in the game is because Ritter's dropping the ball at the pylon and shit like that. So, you know, turnovers is not like this team isn't built to overcome this stuff. And, you know, you talk about game manager, they'd love to have a game manager there because he's not managing the game. He's making some high-end throws, but he's not managing the game. And if he, if he was managing the game, they'd be running away with this division. Yep. And, and so that's my problem is like – Points left on the table. I've been on this thing all year, and, you know, Taylor Heineke came in, didn't look much better. But it kind of is who he is, and I'm worried about their chances of sliding in the playoffs because of these turnovers. Giants are at the Saints. You think the line's too high at six points? Yes. Listen, listen, I, would, I would listen to Vegas. Stanford Steve gave out New Orleans. You're supposed to fade the team that won big on Monday night. You can't do this every week. You know, people think it's automatic. You lose bets this way. This Mario. isn't William Tecumseh Sherman going down to the south here. It's Tommy DeVito. When we're talking about Louisiana, not the state of Georgia, I but, think that... But Demario Davis is waiting for Tommy DeVito. I, no, what I'm saying is... He's saying he's on your side. Thank God it's an away game. I was like, yeah, because yeah, he didn't have to buy yes. any tickets. There's no yes. Italians in New Orleans. <laughs> Macon said, but here, Mario Davis, here, to which I said, yes. Here's why I like the Giants in this spot catching all these points. Oh, no. Yes. Who are the Saints? Oh, division winners are the Saints. Okay. It's about the fans. It's about New Orleans. This is You talked about a Vrabel game, a Vrabel spot. This is a New Orleans spot, okay? They don't like Tommy Cutlets. They want them eating fucking. What do they eat down there? Uh, oh boys! Uh, what what, um, uh, what coach uh, do you trust? Crawfish, more? jambalaya, Dable or, or Dennis Allen? <laughs> Dable. Okay. What Dable. what quarterback do you trust more? Um. Don't make me answer this. Push. 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 It took too long. Push. Push. It took too, that's the point. Push. Is let's, I, it, let's keep going. Okay. Like, what defense do you trust more? Same. Maybe. <laughs> you see where I'm getting? You see where I'm getting it's, at? It's I just tough. think the line is too high. And so I'm going to you're, listen you're, to yeah, it. Yeah, there's a reason that yeah. they're hanging all those points out there. And maybe there's something we don't know, right? Because Vegas often knows stuff. But I think the Saints have had trouble with, with run game at times. They've had trouble with, with mobile quarterbacks. DeVito chunked off 70 yards rushing because he was scooting. He's just willing to tuck the ball and go. And he has good vision. You know what I mean? Like he might not be the best thrower in the world. But he has good vision. He'll take what you Conviction. what you give him, and he got good vision. You got a really good coach drawing shit up for you. Um, I don't think things are good in New Orleans, man. Like you no, saw the McCoy cat getting on Derek Carr last week. Kyle, have you ever seen an offensive lineman getting in a it's quarterback no space? Good. That's one. Th that's like uh, you know. Obviously, don't know what's going on there. But yeah. that's one thing you just don't do unless you're a practice. I think New Orleans wins this game, but they don't come. Me and Jay have done that. Yeah, I, I, I can see them winning this you and game. Jay, yeah, tough place to play. That's a marital spat. At practice, buddy, they had to break us up a couple times. Yeah, that's a marital spat, but you don't do it to him on game day. No, fuck no. But I like what, what Kev's saying. Is I think it, I think New Orleans wins a close game. They have to win this game because you, their back's against the wall. 
just like every other team in this division, they have to go short week, L.A., uh, and Atlanta. They're going to host Indy on Christmas. So, like, there's a little bit of a difference in what it looks like next week. And they're playing Carolina. You talk about Atlanta, you can't bank on them losing that game. Each of these teams have been going back and forth. When they have a chance to pull away, they can't. Nobody does, yeah. Uh, listen to this. Saints 23, Giants 13. That's, sure. That's a cover. Maybe. I didn't say I bet this game. Okay. Where I'm leaning, though, if I had to put my money on somebody, is I'd see if it gets to six and a half or, you know, and buy the half point to seven. I, I actually think the Giants can hang in there in this game. 21 17, New Orleans. Sometimes the best New bet is no bet. There's no bet. That's right. And I got plenty of bets out there. We've reached the low tier. We need to name it sports families. I nominate the O'Connells, Kevin and Aiden. Not even related. That's how weak a family this Can is. Can I? Do we count the Menendez brothers? Because they were courtside at the Knicks. That's game. right. You remember that? Mark Jackson. Yeah. Uh, who'd you say? Kevin O'Connell and Aiden? Yeah. Yeah, because they're not family. Right. The O'Connells. Menendez brothers, tough, tough to beat. Who's a bad sports family that, like, the dad was just really mean? You oh, I mean? uh, the quarterback. Marinovich. The quarterback. Marinovich. Yeah. This is the Marinovich family tier. I knew it was on the tip of my tongue. Todd! And I'm not saying these games aren't going to be good games. I actually think this is – it's not trappy. I wouldn't say trappy because I don't think San Francisco loses this game. And no. The line has been squeezed down to 12.5, but this is a cardinal spot if you're, if you're betting this game because I think the public looks at Arizona and they just say, like, oh, bad team. Not the case. You know, it, it, they are a bad team. Not the case. But they're a dangerous opinion. bad That's team. That's what I – they yeah. played well against good teams this year. We've seen it at times. They like, beat the Cowboys, the Cowboys with Josh Dobbs. James they, Conner, what do you have, like a buck sixty that game? Yes. He ran for like six, five a pop. Yes. That scares me. I mean, okay? the, 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 the fucking Eagles are going to have to play the Cardinals, and I, I, I worry about every game. That's why they know, say any given Sunday. I, I wouldn't want to see the Cardinals. But not this Sunday. Yeah, no, not this Sunday. <laughs> hey, dogs, dogs. Brock Purdy has connected on 70% or more of his passes in seven consecutive games. He joins three quarterbacks to ever do that. Joe Montana, Drew Brees, and Sam Bradford. Dude, oh, Sammy B. Sammy So here's the deal, man. I, I really like Brock. I really love their run game. They are going to cave these guys offensively. But the question is, like, last week, and they tightened up at the end, and they ended up, I don't know, they didn't end up getting the cover. But San Francisco had trouble with Drew Locke at times. Yeah, and I, you know, like I still think this is an NFL offense. Drew Locke's got a little Will Levis to him, a little fearlessness to him, exactly, um, which makes it fun to watch. Which is why, you know, if we're not watching the elite quarterbacks, we watch these backups or the young guys that are in there, slinging it up there. Don't the take this group lightly. Don't take this group lightly if you're San Francisco. Commanders are four and nine there at the Rams. I'm Six gonna come. <laughs> I think I'm gonna come. Do not come. Mm -hmm. Well. I, uh, here's what I wonder about this game, and this is the one question that needs answering: Is can Sam Howell hang in there and score with this group? And I don't think I don't think he can. And uh, it's nothing against Sam Howell. Sam Howell, so far this year, when we've seen something coverage wise that he doesn't like, or you see blitzes, and you're like, I don't know, maybe he'll be better this week. Like it's he's kind of been who he is, and you know, against the coverages that the Rams run, three, four, and six. Like, not his favorite coverages. Um, I, I think, you know, can they score? Yeah, but are they going to score with these guys? I don't think so. They're not going to see man, like, against the Eagles. And on the other side of it, you know, the commanders um, going up against Matt Stafford, do not sit there and play zone. Because if you do, he's going to carve you up yeah. just like he carved up Seattle in that opening game. 
you know, look at that as a cautionary tale. Ron Rivera's going to be over there just like. Yeah, like, what the fuck is going on, dude? He can't do that. Yeah. Played, he, played the Baltimore defense. It's like when you had the, uh, that weight on your uh, bat when you're in the circle. Mm -hmm. Donut. A little donut. donut. Yeah. You, you, you take it off when you get the commies. This week. Here's the only Swing. time. Here's yeah. the only time. Yeah, it's funny. Free, huh? It feels weightless. Yeah. Here's the only time the Rams. This is the only way the Rams are going to lose this game, is turnovers and special teams. Special teams. They have been the worst unit in the league this year, and it and it bit them in the ass last week. That. Yeah. Quiet as kept. Uh, it bit them in the ass last week. And if you talk to any Rams fan, they'll tell you. If you're watching this YouTube, you know the special teams are a problem. I think you win this game. Um, I, I think you probably cover, but I'm worried about the little mistakes that could keep this team in the game. I think Sean McVay will make mincemeat of Ron Rivera. I had the Longs as my low-tier fan. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, and the exercise was sports families that party. Yeah. Right? Now, this can go either way. Oh, I Because I have right. gotten completely out of my mind with all three of the Long kids, but... When I went to your parents' house to do a catering, mm -hmm. I came to the door. It was about 10 a.m. Your dad answers the door with a mason jar. And I'm like, is Big How ripping moonshine? Yeah. And like the 40-ounce mason find out jar. it's his concoction of 50, apple juice 50. and water. Yeah, he likes apple but juice But I'm like, water. if this guy's ripping, you guys would have been top tier. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. tier, yeah. I, went, I went low tier. I got to throw the – I got I to I uh, shout out the Jokic brothers. They should be – talked about in this light the Gronkowski's Gronkowski's Tiger Woods's dad I don't know if there's a Tiger Woods okay. if there's no Earl Woods the, literally so quite literally yeah well I mean <laughs> yeah there's a also of thing that happens descent is a thing that happens <laughs> and there's a thing that happens when we're done with the previews and that's that's when we end the show I'm